0: Thank Hallelujah. Indeed, good morning everybody. Baseball is back. You are tuning into the Bat round the first installment of the Bat Around where we can talk about baseball as it currently stands without having to worry about a lockout, without having to worry about talking about CBA negotiations. Baseball is back and so is the Bat Around. Today's show brought to you by the Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all the action from the best seat in the house and win your share of $10,000 cash by signing up for live rewards cash drawing April 1st plus join Glenn Clark and former Maryland star Rodney Elliott tomorrow in the FanDuel Sportsbook the guys will be hanging out for the Big Ten Championship game and selection show to give you your betting advice plus they'll have lots of great giveaways for you and much much more they have 51 self-service kiosks Zachary but they are also adding an additional 12 for the college That's basketball a lot. tournament 63 wow. self-service kiosk at the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Good morning. Good morning everybody. It is a really really crappy day outside. We're excited. Doesn't they,
1: reflect your mood.
0: Yeah, uh, no. I, oh, come on, man. I'm I'm in I am in a mood today. Like, but, I
1: I've, I've never seen you in this kind of mood. Like you are ready to go. No. You are absolutely just ready to do it. Uh, uh, The energy is there.
0: I'm fired up, man. Baseball's back. There's Carlos Correa rumors swirling. Uh, The Orioles are back down in uh, Sarasota with spring training slated to start tomorrow. By this time next week, they will have already played a spring training game, and we'll be talking about it. Very exciting stuff. Uh, How are you feeling on this cold, wintry morning?
1: Uh, A little sick, so uh, sorry if I sound a little nasally this morning, but i uh, feeling great de- how, how dare you I, I know right um yeah it's 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 wonderful i mean we we've been waiting for this and and ryan and i i show last week was a little bit you know depressing because we talked about all these negotiations and how far they were apart and everything was was negative and and now this week to come out and it looked like they were going to do it on monday then it looked like they were going to do it on tuesday then wednesday and finally it happened so it's you know it's a long time coming. We've been waiting for this. Um, you know, free agency's open now. I love that. I'm really excited to see the names trickle in throughout the day. I think today is going to be the day we start to see things really pick well, up. Yeah,
0: because a, a lot of teams, the guys have to be there by tomorrow.
1: Right. And, and the thing is, too, is that you know these agents were so bogged down the first two nights. Um, that right now it's starting to open up a little bit. Hopefully, and and some of these guys, I I even think there are probably more deals that are done that we don't even know about yet. Um, and that you know maybe these just haven't been reported or leaked yet or whatever it is but I, I think as agents start to get you know more guys signed then it will open up a little bit and we'll start to see more trickle in throughout the day and well, throughout yeah. sunday well yeah
0: you you um y- you saw a tweet from Buster Olney yeah. yesterday where he said that there are 6 to 8 deals that are done that we don't even know about yeah and that's
1: what i'm referring to yeah
0: yeah so it's this is this is happening we the free agent frenzy didn't start the way that we thought it was going to no. Um, it didn't start the way the way that we thought it was going to. We thought that they were going to the, the bell was going to ring, the doors yeah. were going to open <laughs> and Correa signs, Kershaw signs, he signs, this guy signs. It, well, we got
1: Kershaw. We got so. we got
0: Kershaw, we got Rodon. We're going to break those down in a little bit, not much to break down the deals are what they <laughs> are, but we're going to talk right. about them in a little bit. But uh, we expected to see the floodgates open, and they, and they didn't.
1: Yeah, I mean, that, it's it's not entirely surprising, I guess, um, because teams don't want to make it look like they were doing like a legal tampering, yeah, and, then, yeah, and yeah. jumping at the gun, and and maybe you know talking to guys a day earlier than they should have been. And I don't believe any teams are actually doing that, but they,
0: I think that they probably are.
1: You think uh, so? Yeah,
0: come on, man. Uh, this, this, this I don't know. This, this isn't daycare. I'm I'm, I'm sure this stuff is. I know happened. in the NFL it
1: happens pretty regularly. Yeah, gotta,
0: it, uh, we'd be naive to think an 11 billion dollar a year industry that isn't yeah. isn't doing. Stuff like that. I but, know that you know,
1: like, um. For example, on Monday, NFL free agency opens, but I guarantee you, some guys are getting talked to this oh, weekend. Guaranteed. They, I, I don't know how you know. I don't know if baseball and the lockout; it's a little bit different because the legal obligations of both sides. I'm not sure.
0: Tyran Matthews, Darius Smith; those guys already know where they're going. Probably they yeah. they already know. Yeah. So for me, uh, you just see the eyeball emojis. But we're not here to talk about football. We're here to talk about baseball. Let's break this thing down a little bit. We got a full 162 game season starting. April 7th for the Orioles. That's April 8th uh, in St. Pete against the Rays. Orioles' home opener Monday, April 11th versus Milwaukee. They have officially moved the start time to 3.05 p.m. Yeah. I got my tickets, Section 68, Row 1, taking it's my dad. I got gra- a great view of the wall. <laughs> okay. That's just what we're going to call the wall. The wall. I've, 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 I've got a great view of the new left field in Oriole Park and Camden Yards. I can't wait to see uh, it. it. It's really
1: the most important part of the whole season for the Orioles. It's not Adley Rutchman's debut. It's the wall.
0: It's the wall, yeah. yeah it's really we, important. We built a wall. That's exactly what we did. So, we, built, we built a wall. So, look, these sides, they were so far apart for so long. 99-day lockout, 43 days before Major League Baseball even came with their first proposal after locking out the union. And then they some they basically meet in the middle. On everything. Ah, it, it, I mean, that's it, what we've been saying for the past. You guys could have done this December third. You could have met in the middle of December third. But let's break down the framework of this new CBA, shall we, Zach? Let's do it. Uh, so uh, there's gonna be 12 playoff teams. First, it was gonna be it was gonna be 14, then it was 12, then 14. They they ended up with 12. You have two three game wild card series in each league. The top two seeds get a first round buy in each league okay. to the divisional round, which is. Basically, the way it was before, where the top seed would get a buy into the first into the divisional round, but now it's the top two seeds. The higher seed, I don't mind that, and the wild card rounds the higher seeds host all three games. There's a nice little wrinkle that they're putting in there. So, so by being the higher seed, you get the advantage mm-hmm. of being, and I guess that, that makes sense with a three-game series because it's like if you're the if you have the higher seed, you want. Game one at home and game three at home? Do you want game one and game two at home? And then what if it's 1-1 one, one, and then you got to go to their home ballpark? So putting all three games at the higher seed um, location mm-hmm. is smart. Yeah, in I my agree. Opinion. It, I, it, it, you've earned that right because you were the better team.
1: I agree. I, I think you should be able to play at home if you're higher seed. I think that that's perfectly fair. And that's kind of how the NFL works in a sense. And I, I think that makes sense. Yeah, that, no, that's, a, that's a good addition. It's
0: it's, it's it's a smart move. Now, they also there's a draft lottery uh, for the six worst teams. This starts in 2023. So the Orioles still have yep. the number one overall pick in June. Uh, the small market teams like the Orioles, they can stay in the lottery for two years in a row, but the third year they drop to the 10th at best. Large market teams get one year in the draft lottery before falling out of the lottery. This, Like I said, this kicks in in 2023 starting fresh with 2022 results. So the Orioles, who have picked in the top five the last four years, mm-hmm. including 2022 coming up, yeah. they get a clean slate. So, they could win 60 games this year and still have a shot at the number one overall pick yeah. next year. Yeah. they still be in the lottery. Now, the thing is, they will get less lottery balls in the lottery ball machine based on their record. Well, if, sure. if they yeah. have the worst record in baseball, they get the least amount. Same of way the, the, M- balls. the NBA does it, if
1: right. anyone's familiar with that. Yeah. I, I think this is a. Okay, implementation. I think this is fine. I, you know, I originally was a little bit against it, but I, I'm a, you know, I, I obviously am against the, the rich get richer and the poor get poorer kind of, right. um, you know, analogies that the people have made over the past few years because there are a lot of people that say, oh well, the, the draft order should go backwards. The team with the best record, like the Dodgers, uh, who won the World Series, they should get the pick first because they spent all the money and they actually tried to win instead of the guys that are tanking, like the Orioles and the Pirates and you know all these all these bad teams like the Marlins, Orioles, Pirates, you can name it, but I, I think this is a good implementation. I don't think that they they really screwed over the small market teams, which I think was, you know, something that was a consideration. I think for me, I, I was thinking, you know, maybe the Orioles and the Pirates are going to have a, a significant disadvantage with this, but I don't really think they do. I think this is fine, and you know, they'll still get to pick inside the the top six for a, for a couple years there.
0: Well, and here's the other thing: I'd like to think they're on their way out of that. I think they are. I, I'd like yeah. to think that, that they they are. Yeah, in, in the next few years, I would say so. Well, but I mean, before that, I'd like to think before yeah, that because I, you, I've I've been saying this for a year that you don't expose Adley Rutschman and Grayson Rodriguez to that brand of baseball. Yeah, I, I and, agree I, with and you. I don't think and look if the rumors are true that the Orioles have a significant offer on the table for mm-hmm. Carlos Correa, it kind of just proves my point.
1: Speaking of Carlos Correa, um, we 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 have heard Paul and I have heard from an anonymous source here that. This is a this is true, apparently, that the Orioles are in the running for Carlos Correa, they have a sizable offer on the table. That's all we can say about that right now. Yeah, but here's the other thing. We yeah, do n-
0: and Zach was skeptical. I was not because I spoke to the reporter, Raul Ramos, yeah. who put out the report.
1: I'm talking about someone different than right. Raul Ramos. I, I, I know you are. Yeah.
0: I, I I I talked with our source who has the source. Mm-hmm. I I know who you're talking about, mm-hmm. but Raul Ramos is a credible source. Mm-hmm. And he came on the show, he had frameworks for the deal, he had the years and the numbers for each year and he covers the Mets um, in the Latin community and he is a member of the Baseball Writers Association yes. of America yes. so he is a credible source uh, we in Baltimore we tend to be skeptical of these things because it's Baltimore yeah. right it's yeah. the, it's the Orioles they've had they've had 13 winning seasons in my in my 37 year existence so we're right to be skeptical but when a guy from the Baseball Writers Association of America who has ties to the Latin community says something and comes on our show and backs it up mm-hmm. and then on top of that Says on the show when we asked him questions that he didn't, he didn't know. He said, "I'm not gonna say something that I don't know," which makes him to me makes him credible. I, so I think my point, and I,
1: I said this on the show last week, and you weren't here, but my point that I I believe Ramos, I believe he heard this. I know that there are some sources that you know sometimes are a little bit not the most truthful or not the most reliable, and I think maybe. That was my, my speculation that maybe he had heard something that was not quite true. Well, I believe that he heard this, of a, course. A,
0: as, as a journalist, it's like like when you told me that you had a source, an inside source that told you about this, mm-hmm. did I just straight up believe you right off the bat, or did I go checking? No, you, you went and checked. Right. <laughs> a, a, a good journalist, when they get these reports, and I'm not saying I'm a good journalist, but... A, a, I'm Raul Ramos sure he did his, yeah, I'm sure is he, a member of yes. the Baseball Writers Association of America, yeah. and he did his due do- diligence. I'm sure he did his homework. On you it. know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So, look, does that mean that Carlos Correa is going to sign with the Orioles? No, we're not no, guaranteeing no. that. No, I, I, If it's down to him and the Astros and the Cubs and the Yankees and the Dodge yeah. and whoever the hell else wants to, what yeah. it's really going to come down to, yeah, it's going to come down to money. Yeah, I I think it will. And you look at when Manny Machado signed with the Padres. It was right around this time that the the, the, the Orioles are in. Where you have... You're right uh, right on the brink. Right, you have six, eight. In the Padres' case, the Orioles in some publications have five, six, or as many as eight guys in the top 100. The Padres, when Manny Machado signed, had ten players in the top 100. Yeah. Uh, for, for top prospects. And Manny Machado took the best deal that he got, which was 10 years, $300 million, yep. from the Padres, which now kind of looks like a bargain when you look at the money. I, when, I was going to say, that's a good when, deal. When you look at the money being thrown around. Yeah. If Carlos Correa, with his ties to Mike Elias and with this new Dominican Academy and the and the, the footprint that he can leave on this organization, if the money is the same, I can see him signing with the Orioles. I can, I can see. I it guess happening. I can
1: now. I, I I believe this now. I'm a, I've changed my mind because I've actually I, I don't know I I heard it from someone that I, you know I know personally so therefore I I have changed my mind on this. I think well, they're I, I, I think I, they're I in still, the running.
0: I, I think they're in the running. I still think it's a long shot because of the other teams I that, that I know are in there also. I, I would
1: agree, and I I think that there are other teams that come out of the woodwork that yeah. haven't even you know we haven't even heard about yet. Speaking um,
0: of which, the Cubs just signed Andrelton Simmons to a yeah, big deal. Yeah, that was a guy that, that I thought the Orioles should target. Yeah, but. If if it's Andrelton Simmons and Carlos Correa what what was that? Lights
1: just blinked. you see that?
0: No, man. I, yeah, I, I they think did. you're having an Adam Gase moment. No, in this I don't press think I conference. am. I don't think I am. Um, <laughs> uh, but if if it's Andrelton Simmons or Carlos Correa, oh, duh, which one am I taking? Yeah. But Quite a, lo- quite a look, difference. We can get excited about it. Sure. If you if you guys want to get excited about it, get excited about it. It's an yeah. exciting thing. It's an exciting time. But let's temper our enthusiasm yeah, here sure. a little bit and, and just understand that. This does not mean that the Orioles are going to no. sign him.
1: But if they made an offer, which is with the information that we have, uh, then it's at least exciting. And, and the good news is that we'll probably hear a resolution on this within the week. Yeah, which well, is
0: I, I would imagine within the next couple of days. Yeah, within it the could next even 48 be forty-eight to seventy-two hours. It could be I, today. It
1: could be today. Yeah. Um, if Carlos Correa signs during the show, more, that would be an incredible uh, moment.
0: That would that would be that would be the baseball <laughs> god smiling down upon us. Now, now the thing we here, d- we deserve it. The thing here with. Um, with these Carlos Correa rumors Mm -hmm. that are swirling. Even if they don't get him, the fact that they were willing to offer what it takes. Now the question becomes, is it Carlos Correa is the only one they're willing to offer that kind of money to? I don't expect them to go out and sign Trevor Story. I think that Carlos Correa is a special case for Baltimore. I think that the ties to Mike Elias, the ties to the Latin community, I think that all that... What he brings to this team, and that somebody that they can that they can build around, who's still a young player, um, who has those other intangibles, I think that makes him a marquee player to the Orioles. I, agree I don't with think you. that you can say the same thing about Trevor Story.
1: Right. I don't think the Orioles are going to say, "Okay, we didn't get Correa. Let's pivot." to Trevor Story. I don't right. think that's how they're going to think. I don't think Trevor Story... I don't even think he's in the same stratosphere. I, I think Story's a significantly worse player. And I saw some rumors swirling yesterday that he might not get anywhere close to the money people thought he was going to. Well, yeah. Trevor Story. Uh, he, he's a good player. Trevor Story's he's a good. good player. He's not great. But he's about 250 hitter. Yeah. He's about yeah. 250 he's hitter hit with, you some with good runs.
0: power. And, he, and he, he plays solid defense. He ain't Carlos Correa. No. Not right? at all. He's, he's not Francisco Lindor. He, he, uh, you name him. He's not, he's not Corey Seager. Um... But yeah, no if it shows the Orioles have a willingness even at this state this stage of the rebuild to spend that kind of money. Right. So then what it tells your fan base is okay, well when we are ready to turn that corner, mm-hmm. They're going to spend that money.
1: Yeah, I mean, it looks like they already are now. I mean, yeah, that's, that's the crazy thing about it. Like, it's,
0: so, but my my point is, even if they miss on Correa, yeah. you know that they're willing to. They're willing to go, yeah to go to those lengths.
1: And unfortunately, I I would just say that it probably won't be this off that we'll see a move that's the size of Correa. If it isn't Correa, if that makes sense, like we're not going to see the Orioles invest huge money in someone else this offseason. I would doubt it. Like you said, I really think Correa is that special case where Mike Elias has that tie. Correa probably, you know, keeps in contact with Elias and they, they know each other well, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Elias might have said, look, we're building something special here. We've got Adley Rutschman, we've got Grayson Rodriguez, we've got these guys that are gonna be the next core. You know, look what we, we did last year with Ryan Mountcastle and some of the other young guys, Cedric Mullins, of course. And Austin, Correa, Austin Hayes, the corner. John Means is still here. Look, it's you look at that. If you're Correa, and you say, okay, you know, I'm gonna have a chance to to maybe help turn this team around, like I did the Astros.
0: And, and then you got you got to ask yourself, what is important to Correa? Yeah, does he want to go to New York and be a, a face in the crowd? Yeah, that's what it'll be. Does he want to stay in Houston where he's well known and it's Houston, but he's probably yeah. not getting the money that he's looking for. Yeah. A, he's probably gonna have to give them a hometown discount. I also always
1: he's selling his house in Houston, which I don't know. Yeah, it, it, it could mean he's just upgrading. Who knows?
0: So but. then, and then the other question becomes: Does he want to play in Baltimore and be one of the faces of the franchise? Yeah, like him. The, like like the three faces like like like, yeah. like with the Orioles when they were about to turn that corner it was Adam Jones Nick Markakis and Brian Roberts yeah. does he want it to be Carlos Correa Adley Rutschman and Grayson <laughs> Rodriguez <laughs> that's like, that's like, an unbelievable core three right right so this is this is something that we're, we're not gonna turn a blind eye to we're gonna pay attention to it we're gonna get excited about it but we're gonna we're gonna curb our enthusiasm a little bit you know because
1: I'm still not enthusiastic I'm not there yet because you seem I, enthusiastic I mean I, I believe it more now that I heard it from this other place than I did before because I wanted to hear it from another place you know I, I think once you hear something twice it makes yeah. it a little more believable that, that's, if that that's, makes that's, sense.
0: that's an excellent point Zach, Zach texted me this morning <laughs> and, 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 I, and I was like, what makes you believe this source rather than Raul Ramos? He goes, well, I know this source personally. I was like, you don't know any of the reporters that report Well, okay, but, but Lizzie, my
1: point with that is... No, I, know, I know your point. Like, I just like, thought it was funny. Jeff Passan consistently reports these big deals we, mm-hmm. we know that he's a legitimate guy when jeff Passen reports something it's legitimate with raul ramos i haven't heard personally that he's reported other things that i i can re- like remember if that makes sense and i don't remember a specific scenario where Ra- raul ramos broke a giant story that's all i'm saying that's yeah. my point
0: yeah but you also have to consider
1: and i'm sure he's legit i'm sure yeah. he is uh,
0: so anyway back to this draft lottery thing <laughs> Got off this topic is, there a little bit. Is, this is, well, but it's a good topic to get off topic on. Um, a good topic to get off topic too. Um, with this draft lottery, this is basically an incentive to stop teams from tanking. Yeah. I don't know how good of an incentive it is. I think the best incentive yeah. would have been a salary floor.
1: I really, I really I, wanted a salary. I've, floor.
0: I wanted one too. Yeah. It's not in. It's not in the deal. Maybe the next CBA, but we're gonna have to wait five more years to get to that one, which I'm okay with. You yeah. know, um, give me five years of labor peace and see if the Orioles can win a World Series or two in that time span.
1: Um, World Series or two. Wow, that's that's generous. Hopefully. I, I mean, nice. f-
0: in five years, they, they, better, be they uh, better be sniffing. They better be
1: sniffing. I would agree with you. I, I think they, they would have to get close. But, no, I I think in the the piece of the next five years is going to be refreshing to baseball fans because it's been with COVID in 2020 and trying to get that 60-game season figured out, and then last year with... with um, just this this tension kind of building up towards the CBA. It's been it's been a rough two years. Really, yeah, it, for, it, for it, it really has. Labor been. talks. It's
0: been been very rough. Now, minimum salary is going to start at seven hundred thousand dollars. Um, it increases by twenty thousand each year for the remainder of the deal, topping out seven hundred eighty thousand. Yeah, players are making five hundred seventy thousand on the minimum last year. Yeah. And now that goes up to. Uh, seven hundred thousand yeah. dollars. Again, they basically met in the middle. Yeah. Here, uh, the players were asking for seven hundred eighty thousand, I think, yeah. for the at the beginning to go up thirty thousand each year, or maybe it was like seven. And the owners wanted, the owners wanted like, to, like, six. six like, they wanted yeah. like six forty, six thirty, yeah. something like that. They basically met in the middle. Which uh, why couldn't you have done this a month and a half ago?
1: Uh, that's what we've been saying. It's um, ridiculous. Uh,
0: draft pick compensation for teams that start on the cusp prospects on opening on the opening day roster. So like. Back in the day when Chris Bryant won Rookie of the Year and the Cubs yeah. and the Cubs kept him down the first two weeks of the season to get that extra year of service time, all that would be out the window now. So, like say Adley Rutschman, the Orioles hold him down the first month of the season. Then he comes up, he rakes, he's one of the best catchers in the game, and he's the rookie of the year. Yeah. They lose that year of service clock anyway. Um, if they bring him up on opening day, we don't know what the draft pick compensation would be, but you get an extra draft pick. Yeah. By by doing that, so that incentivizes you to bring up the players that should be here. And Adley Rutschman, let's be real, Adley Rutschman should be here. There's I
1: I believe now he will be the starting catcher on opening day. I, I, I would I've, be very surprised I've if he wasn't. I've always
0: thought he's going to be the starting catcher on opening day. You, can't, I was like eighty five percent sure. You but can't now justify not doing it. Yeah. Um. So again, rookies get a full year of service time if they finish number one or two in rookie of the year or top five in Cy Young MVP voting. Players get now. This is where I'm unclear. Because I don't know if it's all players or just rookie or f- or pre-arbitration players They get 2.5 million if they win the MVP or the Cy Young, uh, 1.75 million for runner-up, 1.5 for million for third, and 1 million for fourth or fifth. I don't know if that's an incentive for all players, or if it's an incentive for for um, or if it's an incentive just for the pre-arbitration and the rookie players.
1: Yeah, I I don't know either. I I'd like to hear that cleared up. There's a few things on the C B A that I'm still a little bit um shaky on and not like a hundred percent. Yeah, the 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 draft pick on.
0: compensation it, it's do you get a competitive balance pick in this in the, in, the, I, yeah, in, this, I, in the first round? Do you get I a fourth round pick? Do you get a thirteenth round? pick? I don't really think they've
1: specified. I think there's they, they have it. Like with this right here, with with the players getting the the money for Cy Young voting, MVP voting, whatever. I don't think they've really cleared up exactly how it all works. And maybe we'll hear more about it. And uh, I'm not sure if these CBAs actually come out on paper that we can read, like anything. No, we can they're, actually they're,
0: there's like a 130 page oh, okay. agreement that. that that you can read.
1: Maybe uh, for next show we'll have that. I'll, no, I'll, I'll do a little reading for you. If, if you want do to read it, homework. By, by
0: all means, Jason Stark <laughs> broke down the most important parts of okay. it, uh, on The Athletic, and he put it basically in nice. layman's terms. That's where I got all my information from, because he said, look, one hundred the 130 pages, it bogs you down. It, it's it's a boring... Where, where does this
1: money come from exactly, though? Revenue sharing. Revenue sharing. Okay. Revenue sharing.
0: Um. What else we have? So this year rules implemented this year, we're going back to the nine inning doubleheaders. We're going to have a universal don't de- like it. Uh, Dude, shut up. I li- I li- 7 inning baseball is not baseball. <sighs> I play 7 inning baseball in timed games. It's not baseball. Mm. It's not baseball. You mean to tell me? You mean to tell me that you are okay with the Orioles say it's a 4 to 3 game in the 7th inning and they don't get the the other two innings to try and tie this game?
1: I mean, it is what it is, right? Like, it's, I, I it, no, it's, it's. I think I think you get increased viewership when it comes to seven inning games. I think people I are more.
0: I don't. It's 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 not baseball. Nine it's,
1: inning, it's, two nine inning games in one day is so long. Like, I I have a very hard time sitting down and watching eighteen innings of baseball. Yeah, well, personally. Then, then then don't do it. I mean, okay, that's fair too. That's fair too. But yeah, I, I but, think there are a lot of other people that would would be
0: baseball, Major League Baseball, is nine innings it's not a seven right, inning game fair. It's, it's nine innings and we'll agree to it's, disagree it's so long yeah you're making 35 million dollars a year you can go play 18 innings in a game well i'm not saying they can and they yeah, no. then, then can go out to capitol grill and have yourself a nice three pound lobster and a filet <laughs> mignon afterwards okay so like what are we doing here it's been nine inning doubleheaders for all of eternity except for two covid impacted years it needs to be nine innings again um, they took the runner on second in extra innings off. Hate that. Hate A that. lot of people hate it. I, I love I, I, that. I, I enjoyed it, too. Yeah. I think it makes more for a more compelling game, a more yep. entertaining product. But yep. I don't... I, it doesn't. It doesn't affect me. Look, I mean, I,
1: I love scoring. I think scoring in in baseball is is exciting. And I I don't like. I personally don't like pitcher's duels. If I sit down, I watch a game that three runs are scored in. I it's not as exciting as a game where you've got ten runs that are being scored in. And I like seeing guys score. And usually you can get like you know a runner on second. The team's going to score at least one. Then it goes back to the other team score at least one. And it's just more scoring. It's more exciting for me personally.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, it, it's I, not it's not I, a I, deal breaker. I I, it, I I I like the role too. Yeah but i also like the idea of earning your way to second base. Yeah. Right. Um but Glenn Glenn made a great Glenn hates it. he hates that they changed this rule. He made a great point on the show yesterday him. that look you have 9 innings to win the baseball game. If you don't win it then in extra innings who cares if you have that runner on second? But uh, so those are rules that are being implemented this year. Rules being implemented next year, larger bases, a shift ban and a pitch clock, all implemented in yeah. 2023. I'm okay I've always thought the sh- I've always wanted the shift band. I hate the shift. I agree. With I them. hate the shift. That's, uh, that's not baseball either. There's nine positions. Field your position. I agree. The, the, so I'm glad I'm glad with the shift ban. And, and the shift has just destroyed so many lefties it, across it, the league. It, it has, Chris Davis. Yeah. Chris Davis destroyed himself. Um pitch clock. There's been a pitch clock in the rule book forever. It's just never been enforced. It's they're yeah. finally gonna start enforcing it in 2023. I like that too. The larger bases. I'm I'm okay with a larger base at first base. And when I say a larger base, I mean a base where the white base is in play mm-hmm. and there's like an orange base like they have in softball and in Little League and stuff mm-hmm. like that on the foul side of the line that a player can run through. So you're not, you're not stepping on somebody's ankle. I'm okay with that. Yeah. With the caveat being that the first baseman has to have his foot on the white bag to get the out. He can't step on the orange bag in foul territory and catch a ball and have that be an out. Yeah, no, I agree. That, that is strictly for the runner to run through for safety purposes.
1: I would assume that would be the rule.
0: B- bigger, bigger bases anywhere else, I don't need that. Why
1: Why would they? The, I don't really understand. They're saying
0: a safety thing, but they also want more stolen bases and more, more yeah, offense. I, that's what and, I think. And look, I don't think it's going to be like clown shoes bases. I don't think, this <laughs> gonna, I don't think it's going to be like a three-foot by four-foot base. No. It, it might be a matter of an inch or two yeah. all the way around. But... Just, for me, keep second and third base the same size and just make first base extend past the foul line so that you don't have people stepping on people's ankles. Um, But that's really all I have to say about that. We're a little late to call Stan, so why don't we get him on the line. While Zach's doing that, just want to remind you that our show today is brought to you by Problem Gambling. Guys, know the risks and have a plan before you start gambling for free and confidential. Excuse me, let me start that over. Know the risks and have a plan before you start gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. That's HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for your gambling problem needs. You are listening to The on I'm Paul Valley. He's Zach Goodman. We're getting Stan the Fan on the line here, and we are very excited to talk with Stan today because we haven't gotten a chance to talk about real baseball in months. So, without further ado, Stan. Good morning. How excited are you with this new CBA agreement?
2: Uh, probably not as excited as you guys are. Okay, <laughs> you're the host of the show.
0: We we are the you, host. You've got
2: show. the pressure carrying the ball. <laughs> All I have to do is answer questions. Uh, I'm I'm pretty darn excited. You know, I again, I understand the nature of negotiations, but. Uh, um, guy running a business like Rob Manfred running an entity that, you know, is a multi-billion dollar corporation, uh, it just boggles my mind that from from the time that they negotiated with the players back in 2020 and knew that this day was coming, that they were going to have this hard negotiation, why you wouldn't have been more aggressive way earlier, you know, Call up uh, Tony Clark, go out to dinner with him, and and you know get to know the guy a little bit. Start the you know start a relationship Um, because at the end of the day, these things are solved by uh, people, you know. Yeah, and I don't think Rob Manfred had an awful lot to do with solving this.
0: I don't think he did either. I think it's also a little difficult um, when a guy like Rob Manfred. There's two sides fighting over this and he's employed by one of the sides basically uh,
2: uh, that's uh, that's understood uh, that's understood but you know it, it seems to me while i wouldn't say that he he um runs runs the whole business with a firm hand that's part of being a leader is convincing the owners that you work for that this is good for baseball and i mean all you have to do is look at the things they gave in on over over the last 12, 15 days, mm-hmm. you know, they raised that pool money, they came, you know, they, they did the competitive tax, and those are things he wasn't budging on for, you know, nine nine months, 14 months, I don't know. Seems like you could have uh, solved this back in December.
0: Yeah, it seems know. like they met in the middle on most things. Which... On most
2: issues, and that's generally the way a negotiation should work, you know, I'm sure the players gave a couple things, um, you know, that they they didn't want to give on, like giving him the ability to to uh, implement those rules and all that. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, that's what negotiations are. They're give and take. They're compromised.
0: No, abso- absolutely. I agree with you. Now, Stan, we expected to see this big free agent frenzy right out of the gates when they announced an agreement. And yep. we haven't we haven't seen much. Are you surprised by that, or do you think this is kind of, or was this kind of what not, you were expecting? Not
2: really, because I, I don't know, I don't know exactly who was policing what, and I'm sure you can have some low level conversations with agents, Ken. But you know, there were supposed to be no kind of negotiating going on. So yeah, I think I think you'll see by by tomorrow. I think you'll start to see a lot more action. Uh, MLB Trade Rumors is is projecting that Nelson Cruz is, is likely to get a deal pretty soon.
1: Yeah, I, I heard rumors about the Brewers for Nelson Cruz. We'll see if that ends up. But well,
2: I'll tell you what, the Brewers are after him, and the Padres and the Dodgers. And okay. uh, you know, it's hard to imagine those those two teams losing out to the Brewers.
1: We we do have a uh, a free agent deal that happened 10 minutes ago. Not a big one, but Steve Sechak has gone to the Nationals on a one-year deal, so I just thought I'd throw that out there. Any thoughts on Uh, that one, Stan?
2: Not particularly. He's he's continuing to pitch for an awful lot of teams, isn't he?
1: He is, he is. And the Nationals, I guess it's kind of surprising for me to see the Nationals make a move so early considering they are in a rebuild phase, and they probably aren't really looking to compete this year. They're probably going to win 60, 70 games, maybe somewhere in that area, but it's yeah. kind of surprising to see them in, in, as players. You in the know, it's, at all. it's real hard.
2: I, I tend to agree with you, but there's still enough pieces there that, you know, if Strasburg comes back and who's the left-hander they got from Arizona, I can't even remember Patrick, name, Corbin.
3: Patrick, Patrick Corbin. Patrick
2: Corbin, right. Yeah. If they have good seasons, they could be a little bit more than than rebuilding, but generally i tend to agree with you that uh, this is not going to be a great season for them but again i you know i have the challenge and i've been doing it now for 10 years of doing weekly baseball power rankings by now i would have one or two mock 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 ones up you know saying hey this is my early." i i sat down last night and how can you pro- start to project where teams are going to finish right you know it's like really you know like a uh, looking for uh, something in the dark right now so you know uh the players but I spent a good part of the evening last night lining up my book you know I have to uh I keep a weekly book where every game is kept and I'm I'm able to keep up on how teams are doing on a daily basis uh so I was doing that and it was fun to get back to work on that you know
0: yeah, it's it's it was certainly fun preparing for this show yesterday. Um, just knowing that there's so much to talk about. Uh, Clayton Kershaw, he went back to the Dodgers one year, seventeen million. See, I gotta be honest, I was a little surprised by that. I thought that he was gonna end up in Texas. I thought that he wanted to go home to pitch, and uh, I thought that the Dodgers probably had enough pitching. They didn't need him. Was there any kind of surprise? On, on your end that he ended up back with the Dodgers? And also, what are your thoughts on Carlos Rodon going to the Giants for two years and $44 million?
2: Well, I'll start with Rodon. Um, that, that move was a brilliant move, in my opinion, by Farhan Zaidi. There was a lot of conjecture that he would sign a one-year contract. Mm-hmm. And I think they saw... I, I, I'm not comparing it exactly to Kevin Gaussman, but I think they saw that, hey, we got a guy. Why not take that extra risk that he's going to be finally over some health issues and we'll get two seasons out of him. And I thought it was a great move uh, that, that basically makes up for the loss of Gosman. you know?
3: Yeah.
2: Uh, I, this is a I mean, for- I remember they made, they made a couple other signings, uh, pitching signings um, before the, the, the uh, lockout. But I think there, that was a bold move. And a really strong move, um, Kershaw. I, I kind of felt he would go back to the Dodgers. You know, I really did. This is sort of a uh, a sentimental. They they have uh, plenty of money that they can sign one sentimental thing. And look, if Clayton Kershaw is healthy, you know you're going to get maybe not 200 innings like the old days, to 10 to 20. You might get 150, 160 innings out of him. Right. he's probably going to have a back flare up and some type of arm problem at some point, so i uh, you know I think probably 130, 140 innings is good and if and if he if he pitches well, you know he's going to get and by the way, he's got incentives uh, in his contract that take the seventeen five i'm sure into the mid twenties, so he's got an incentive to try and pitch as much as possible. And for him, the pull of, of completing a career pitching for one team uh, was important to him at yeah. this point. Now, I'm not saying if he has a struggling season this year and he's a free agent next year that he won't sign elsewhere then. No, if he thinks he can pitch another couple of years. But remember, he's not 37 or 38. He's like 33, yeah. I think. He's 33. So I, I think it's good signing for the Dodgers. They don't know what's going. On. I predicted once once the dust cleared that Trevor Bauer might not ever pitch again in the major leagues, mm-hmm. and I think he's about to get slapped with probably a three or four month minimal suspension uh by MLB.
1: So I I've been following Twitter during this just to make sure we've got deals coming in and we do have a, a Orioles rumor out there right now. Uh, okay, they're in talks with Jose Iglesias. So maybe in a reunion there at shortstop. So the the Mets, the D-backs, the Red Sox, the Guardians and the Orioles are all in talks with Jose Iglesias at the moment. So Well, you know reunion. what
2: Jose will like about Baltimore is he'll probably be the starting shortstop on the club.
1: Could be. Yeah. Could be. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. So that that's, Unless, uh, that's interesting. Good Unless news.
1: Carlos Correa comes to Baltimore.
2: Yeah. <laughs> right. right. That's right. They've got, In the offense, you, know what, you know what I haven't heard anybody write about yet? Either Rich or Rock or Dan Connolly. Maybe, Zach, you're more on top of than I. Remember when they signed Jordan Lyles? The deal did not get completed. Right. So is that still the case? Could he sign elsewhere?
1: I saw John Heyman say that they're coming. I think it was closed yesterday. Am I right, Paul?
0: I, I didn't see that it was closed. But it, what he what he put in this tweet was that there were two guys assigned prior to that's lockout I mean. that, yeah, right, that were right. pending physical.
2: So, right, uh, right. Maybe, so, maybe, I mean, it, I guess the physical could be taken as soon as he gets to Sarasota. Right, but my question is, if it's not, if he hasn't signed, actually signed yet, could the Dodgers say, hey, we can get him for $8.5 million or million? Two years at 17, you know, do they, can they come in and swoop them away? They
0: could. They, technically, yeah. they could. It'd be a pretty shisty move on Jordan Lyle's part. But, uh, they, they yeah, they, but they I've seen,
2: I've it. seen, you know, oh, money saw, we, talks and BS walks. We saw it with, with,
0: with, uh, with Fowler here yeah. and, um, yeah. several years ago. He's I mean, a- I think
2: he's a real, uh, kind of under-the-radar, very positive signing for the Orioles. Yeah. Th-
0: I think he is, too. He, ge- he gives you yeah. a tonny, ton of innings, and two out of every three starts, he's, he's getting you deep in games with not a lot of runs on the board. I think it's. I thought you know, it um, be-
2: a, an interesting guest for you guys to get one Saturday would be, uh, oh, God, now I can't remember his name, with The Athletic. He writes a lot of the deep dive analytics stuff. Um, Oh God, he's got an unusual foreign name. Um, Anyway, I'll get you his name. I had him on about three years ago on the show. He's very good. He wrote a piece about different pitchers and he had Jordan. He had pitchers that were very positive late in games or something like that. And Jordan Wiles. Uh, had some really interesting numbers. So,
0: oh yeah, no, absolutely. Jordan Lyles, when we when we broke it down, uh, 23 starts. He had a 3-2 ERA. Uh, that's to me, that's a guy who can right. pitch in, in the middle of your rotation, get you innings. Every now and again, he's going to go out and get beat up, but that happens to a lot of pitchers. So, well,
2: I remember when we signed him, I looked at his numbers because, and I probably told you this this three and a half, four months ago, um, because I play fantasy baseball, I noticed him last year. I said, boy, he's like pitching well. And and I, then I'd look sort of at the ERA and I'd go, the ERA's like five? I, I thought I'd seen him pitch a, a bunch of good games. Mm-hmm. And when I went over his record, it was really quite interesting. He had about... He made, how many starts did he make, Zach, last year? 30?
0: 32 that. He had 32 yeah. starts. He had no, he had
2: 32 games. He had 30 Thir- starts. 30
0: starts, 32 games, right. But, okay, but, right. but the two games so, that he so pitched seven, right,
2: seven of the games, he had an ERA of like 12 something. Mm-hmm. And the other 23, it was like 3.4.
0: Well, Stan, that it was three point two, and that includes the the two others, st- the two relief appearances, the, right. two, the two relief appearances he made. One was six innings where he gave up two runs, and the other one was seven innings where he gave up. Okay, two runs. okay. So they're He came in in like the first or second inning
2: in both okay. of those games and went deep. But um, but that's so unusual to have one little series a game, not little series, but boy, if you told me the Orioles have a pitcher when we signed them that two out of three times he's going to keep you in a ball game compared to what we've had the last five years here, you know, uh, I'd say, sign me up, you know, why not give him a two-year contract?
0: Stan, he had, he had more quality starts and more starts of five innings pitch and three earned runs or less than than John Means did last year. Yeah. He he was, he was, the ERA, because he was so bad in those nine games,
2: Right. the
0: ERA was up above five, but the the five thirty five ERA is basically four runs in six innings, uh, yep. or, or or just under that, like three and a half yep. runs per six innings. Which for the Orioles, that could be at the top of your rotation with what they're
2: pitching. No question about it. And years. and again, what what the important thing that I know Mike Elias and Sig were looking for is what isn't told by how short the starts we get are. Is how much damage that does to the bullpen, you know, where they're they're like nobody's fresh at all because they're constantly, you know, three out of five times the bullpen's coming in in the third or fourth inning.
0: Yeah, and Stan, I think that the that the bullpen and the starting rotation are the top two storylines of of spring training because this team, I think, the offense with what they have coming in, uh, what they what they have from last year. I think the offense will be good enough to be competitive. The question becomes: Can their pitching keep them in games? And right now, that just—that's unequivocal. No. Uh, what are your top storylines, and how do you feel about this? This the pitching moving forward.
2: Well, I'll tell you my my top storyline is, and I meant to ask you this. I was trying to read up on everything. Once I read your your notes today, what we were going to talk about. Sure. But so Adley Rutschman. This now becomes a, a, a situation where the Orioles actually get draft pick compensation for for starting the season with a rookie. They,
0: they do, but it hasn't been put out there yet what that
2: draft pick compensation will be. Right. I'm, I'm sure not sure it's not, not like another number one pick, right. but it's probably an extra pick or maybe it's like so, a I would pick guess... in between the third and fourth round. Yeah, I was gonna but say... it's it's significant enough now for a team that's rebuilding to say, you know what? Now I've got a reason to bring him up, you know, rather than stick stick around with him for three or four weeks. Right,
0: and the the other thing about that Stan, is, if he finishes first or second rookie of the year voting, it doesn't matter when they bring him up. He gets that year of service of, of service time, right, uh, and gets right. that much closer to free agency.
2: Right. Yeah. Um the, and you have, know that's that's one of the uh, sort of uh, hidden things in all this. There there are there are some uh, competitive balance issues that they dealt with, and I think that this is one of them getting your best players up. And if you have to give an incentive for teams to do that and the, uh, the draft pick lottery, you know, so those are things to all keep an eye on. Uh, my big stories. Uh, we had um, Tim Kirchin on the other night. And when I asked him that same question, because I was playing the host, uh, his first thing was the Mets, you know, to watch Buck Showalter with a, Pretty powerful team, and they're probably not finished signing people yet, either. Yeah,
0: it, it, it's rumored that their that their payroll is going to be over two hundred ninety million dollars, which is good. Yeah. I mean Steve Cohen's going to be a hit with a
2: half. I'll, t- I'll tell you though. one of the the more interesting things to me to, to watch is the Oakland A's. How much of a sell off do they have over the next two three weeks, which I think will be pretty significant, uh, and I do think they will trade Matt Olson. And it's really interesting that one of the teams talking to the A's already is the Atlanta Braves, because I really felt that as soon as that, you know, the thing was signed, the collective bargaining agreement, that they'd announce like, "Hey, we we're signing a five-year contract or six-year contract with Freddie Freeman." Um, the fact that they're in talks with Atlanta to try and trade for Olson. Um, it's, it's very interesting that they haven't signed him yet, or there hasn't been anything really written about that because you've got to believe that the Dodgers may really make a strong bid for him, and the Yankees certainly have enough talent to make a strong bid for him. so it's going to be very interesting to see where he ends up, Freddie Freeman.
0: Yeah, I, and I was when I was watching MOB um, Network last night when I got home from work. They were basically saying it was a foregone conclusion in their minds that if the Dodgers were trying to go after Freddie Freeman, that that's where he's going to end up. The Braves don't seem to have a willingness to go to six years for him. They're willing to give him about five years, one hundred and forty to $160 million. They don't want to give him that sixth year. Yeah. We know we know all too well about that here in Baltimore. That's yeah, why the that's the, the, the Cruz Nelson Cruz
2: year. You know.
0: Cruz and Marquecas in, in the 2014 offseason. They wouldn't go that extra fourth year, and that's what those guys wanted. They ended up leaving. I think it would be a grave mistake on the on the Braves' part to not end up with Freddie Freeman staying there for the remainder of his career. I just think that that's a that that's a black eye on that
2: franchise. By the way, uh, Mark uh, Cruz, no question, they had to they had to choose between a fourth year and and the three year deal they offered. But with Markakis, I don't think the Orioles really got got clear on what their offer was, and the Braves came in, and I know for a fact. They had dinner with him and they said you've got until midnight to, to sign this deal and they offered him four years at forty four million and Marcaicus wasn't getting any feedback from the Orioles at all. Yeah, from
0: what I from what I remember, they originally wanted to do four years with him and then he had the neck surgery
2: and so and he went, had the, then he had the neck problem and that's right. that's and they where they backed they Peter, backed down to three. Peter being I, I don't think it ever got clear that they were even offering three. You know, yeah. I mean, listen. In fairness to the Orioles, it was a terrible off season. They lost Marquez, Cruz, and Andrew Miller. Uh, Miller would have been my number one guy to have signed, mm-hmm. if for no other reason than say we can't afford him, but let's sign him and then we'll trade him for prospects. You know, two three months into the season, but um, the Marquez thing. I don't know another player that came back and played as well as he from this surgery. Oh,
0: yeah, and and the Orioles still haven't replaced him in right field. I mean, even – you can look at Anthony Santander, but he's been injured every single year. Yeah. So that's – one of these outfield prospects has to come back up. It has to come up and fill that role for – For sure. Now, uh, Stan, I want to talk to you a little bit about some of these rule changes. So, the rule changes that are being implemented this year, you're going to have universal DH. I think we can all agree that that's a good thing for baseball and good thing for players at the ends of their careers. Uh, Nine inning doubleheaders are back, no runner on second base and extra innings, all being implemented this year. Are you okay with nine inning doubleheaders and no runner on
2: second? I probably, you know what, I probably would have done and liked a little better is. Nine innings for the first game, second game, seven innings. I know that's really inconsistent, but I just think 18 innings and with the chance of extra innings, uh, 16 innings is, is to me plenty of baseball for both the players and the fans for one day.
0: Yeah, I, I can understand that argument. I remember a doubleheader with the Orioles and the Rangers back in two thousand seven, where the first game the Rangers won thirty to three, right? And the right. and they still had to go out and play a second game. I I think that in Major League Baseball, stand nine, it, your job is to play nine innings of baseball, even if it's. I, I don't have
2: a major problem with it. I, I got to tell you, the extra inning rule again. You know how I felt about that was that again, I'm somewhere in the middle. I end up growing the. I actually like it. I found that it was almost a whole different game that was created by that. But, but the amount of times that I saw a team score one run and then the other team coming back and immediately scoring the tying run again and then scoring more runs, it was really... I thought it really added a new wrinkle to the game. I know it's uh, new school rather than old school, but I probably would have, again... Parsed it out in the middle. I probably would have played one or two extra innings normally, and then gone to that.
0: Yeah, like like started like in the twelfth inning.
2: Yeah, yeah, probably starting in the twelfth would have probably been. Yeah, I would have played a tenth and eleventh, and then said, okay, twelfth inning. You know.
0: Yeah, I would have been, I would have been okay with that. I'm okay with it either way. If if they have the runner on second, if they don't have the runner on second, I'm okay either way. It doesn't affect
2: me. Now, now the All Star Game, they've announced that that's going to be determined if it goes in. It's tied after nine innings. It's going to go to a home run derby.
0: I didn't see that. That's that's news. You're breaking that. I've heard.
2: I've heard that. Yeah. That they just really don't With like the All-Star idea game. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, the home run derby. pretty All-Star, yeah. not the world, not the seventh game of the World Series.
1: Yeah. So. No, I, yeah. I was thinking <laughs> during the regular season, a a home run derby to finish extra innings would be incredible. Yeah. I would love that.
0: I think it'd be cool, but I think it would it would wear off after a while.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I'm I not a you big get a fan of lot that. Of
0: people watching yeah. baseball for that specific yeah people. but it, but it, yeah. It, it's, I mean
1: the Homer and Derby outdid the World Series in, in ratings this year yeah so.
0: chicks dig the long ball yeah. uh, I, I get what you're saying but I I, I feel like you're making they, it like an
2: arcade game at that point they want to they want to kind of compare it to ice hockey with the shootout but the difference is in the hockey in hockey the players can, that has to score the goal is kind of controlling what he does in in home run derby, it's the, the the pitcher that's you know I don't I don't like it. Yeah, I don't it, like who, it at would, all. who
0: would who would pitch to you? It's not like the, yeah. the other team's going to give you batting practice fastballs. Brandon Hyde, yeah. Brandon Hyde comes out there, throws it's, his fastball.
2: Yeah, yeah, they should have the opposing manager. That, that's pitch what I'm saying. Yeah, head yeah head with a, with a screen in front of yeah,
0: them. while while he's yelling at, the, at at players to get in the box.
2: Hey, by the way, <laughs> I just want to remind your audience that's out there. At 11 o'clock, so it's like nine minutes from now, ESPN 2, UNBC will be playing Vermont for the... uh... Oh, that's right. You know, to, to get into the NCAA's,
0: and that's how they got into the NCAA tournament back in twenty eighteen when they yeah, upset Virginia. Yeah. They beat. So Vermont.
2: would they? Would they play, have them? Is Virginia going to get in this year? No,
0: Virginia's under five hundred. Right, and so they're I, not I, even going to get in. They lost in the tournament, but yeah. I mean they play a one so they, If UMBC gets in, there'll be a sixteen, and they'll, they'll play a one. Yeah, and then that'll be yeah. the talk of the week. Probably play Duke. Yeah, yeah, and so.
2: upset Duke probably upset.
0: Duke. And Sam, finally, uh, <laughs> some some of these um rules that are going to be implemented in 2023. Larger bases, a ban on the shift, and a pitch clock. Now, there's always been a pitch clock, but it's just never been enforced. They're going to start enforcing it now. I'm okay with the shift ban. I'm okay with the pitch clock. I'm okay with first base being bigger, where you have maybe the base extend into foul territory so you avoid collisions that way. Mm Mm-hmm. But I don't like the idea of making second base and third base bigger. What's the point of that?
2: Um... I'll tell you what the point is. It's interesting you say this to me. I hadn't, I hadn't really thought about it because it was a player safety issue is what I thought it was at first base. Right, I okay? agree. Okay, and I was fine with that. Now I read that they're going to have second and third base are going to be bigger. And I got an email, and he'll be a good guest for you to get on. He's a, a local guy. His name is Rick Straub, and he teaches catching. He's a catching guru who teaches young kids how to catch. Okay, and he emailed me the other day and got into the the weeds about the that this bigger bases is going to make it harder for for people to be thrown out stealing bases. Right, because you're going to have so a, a so because base it's it closer. Around. It's it's you know I, we're talking milliseconds here, you know, uh, but it's a couple inches closer which means the ball has to get down there even faster. Um, and I think the reason the owners want that is they think we can't, we can't just abruptly change a lot of things that are going to create more action and more runs, but this might be something. So I think that that's really hasn't been talked about a lot as to why they want that.
0: Oh, yeah, Yeah. I I think they want more offense, more stolen bases. I'll tell you, it sucks for teams that don't have Adley Rutschman, I'll say that much.
2: Yeah. Yeah,
0: uh, Stan, so awesome to talk to you about stuff that's actually happening. Yeah, it really NBA is. It in,
2: really is. And stuff. I know you guys are thrilled to death. And, oh, absolutely. Uh, keep up the good work. Who you got on the rest of the show?
0: Uh, Connor Newcomb from the Locked On Orioles um, podcast is going to join us around 11-15, talk about his take on the CBA and the Orioles and, and everything like that, do some Orioles banter, and uh, get out of here and go watch some UMBC.
2: All right, guys. I'll talk to you soon. Talk to you next Saturday. All right, and we'll have if some not before. To talk about. Okay. See ya.
0: And hey guys, that was Stan the Fan, Charles. He has two great shows for you every week. Uh, every Monday night, Stan and former Orioles pitcher Ross Grimsley visit with a different guest from the world of baseball. And every Thursday night, Stan and Gary Stein chat with a different newsmaker from the world of sports. This week, Stan and Ross chatted with the legendary Tim Kirkchin who loves himself a good Baltimore accent. While Stan and Gary help help an end of lockout held an end of lockout roundtable with former MLB front office executives Marty Conway and Andy Dolich. You can find those shows under the videos tab at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports or at PressBoxOnline.com slash video. Saturday and Ross are back on Monday night, and on Thursday, you won't want to miss it when ESPN's Matty Brightman, the producer of SportsCenter with Scott Van Pelt, will join the guys. When we come back in, Zach's going to sound off on some premium pitching, and then we're going to have Connor Newcomb come on and talk about all things baseball. That and more next on the battle round
4: Glory Days Grill's St. Patrick's menu is now in full swing, and it's their most popular seasonal menu all year. New in 2022 are their Smoky Thigh Wings with Guinness Grilling Sauce, a house-made Guinness barbecue sauce. Fan favorites also include their corned beef and cabbage, the Shepherd's Pie with Guinness braised ground beef, the Glory Days Reuben and the Rachel. Enjoy a pint of Guinness or Guinness Baltimore Blonde. The St. Patrick's menu is available for the whole month of March. Come in for great food, cold beer and basketball. out more about Glory Days Grill and get your order in online at glorydaysgrill.com.
5: Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit and stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution, and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org.
4: The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today.
0: Hey guys, it's Paul Valley, and there's a new era of Glenn Clark Radio, as I've joined Glenn every weekday from 10 a.m. to noon. There will be some changes, but what won't change is the absolute best daily discussion of Baltimore sports.
4: New Baltimore Ravens wide receiver, Rashad Bateman. Thank you, I appreciate it. He
0: is outfielder
4: Cedric Mullins. Thank you guys for having me. Trey Mancini. Thanks for having me on, guys. He is Kevin Zeitler. Uh, thank you, very happy to be a part of this. Ravens kicker, Justin Tucker. Thanks for having me. Adley Rutschman. Absolutely, thanks for having me on. John Angelos. Thanks a lot, good to be with you. Brian Man- Thanks for having me on, guys. Marlon Humphrey. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Quarterback for the University of Maryland, Talia Tungavailoa. Thank you guys for having me. He is J.K. Dobbins. Thank you for having me. I had a great time. The
0: great Ray Lewis. Always good to be on.
4: He is Mr. Cal Ripken Jr. Good
0: chatting with you. You can watch us live at facebook.com slash Sports or listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio. And podcasts are available on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Sports
4: fans, the wait is over. The all-new.
0: Welcome back to the Bat Around. The Bataround is brought to you by Toyota. Make the most out of every day in a Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on well, new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today.
1: I swear I hit mute on that, and then I just pushed it back up. My bad. <laughs> all, <laughs> thought I, all, thought all I good, had that man. music muted.
0: All good, all good, all good. So uh Zach sounding off segment today, the first free agent to sign. Yesterday was Drew VerHagen, and he signed with the Cardinals a two-year deal uh, worth 5.5 five point five, five and a half, yeah, five and a half million. Uh, this is a guy who pitched in Japan the last two years, mm. so about a three and a half ERA, about a one-two-one-three WHIP. Yeah. But in six career seasons in the majors, he's got a five-eleven ERA. Yeah. Um, Cardinals are looking for relief help. Every every yeah. team's looking for relief help. So uh, he pitched well in Japan, but you have a lot to say about this.
1: Yeah, he's a guy, well, first of all, I, I don't really buy Japanese numbers, for example, in that he's league. It's like double-A it, baseball. It, it, right. It, it's very, very different from, it, there's a huge gap between Major League Baseball and, and the, the leagues over in Korea and Japan and, and China and wherever it is. It, it's it's very different baseball, and I, I just want to put that out there. He had success. Great. I give him credit for that. But guys like, you know, the, the, uh, Dan Straley have gone over there and had a lot of success, too, after. Tyler Bo- Wilson. For Tyler Wilson, sure. Um, it's a great example. And I don't really buy that. And his major league career has been pretty much unsuccessful. In 2019, he had a 1.6 whip. His ERA was well over 5. I mean, these are not really good numbers at all. But he got two, he got $5.5 million on a two-year deal, which is not a lot, but it's significant, I think, for one reason. And that's because I just think it shows you how this pitching market is going to unfold over the next week. I think teams are going to be overpaying guys like you've never seen. I think it's going to be absolutely insane how much money some of these really average or below average pitchers are going to get, I think you're going to see guys that have basically had terrible Major League Baseball careers get 10 $12 million because teams are so desperate for pitching. And I think they realize that without all that communication over the past few months, like they usually would have had, and, and getting guys on pitching plans and um, and helping them out through their offseason and training them a little bit, they don't really know how a lot of their arms are going to come in uh, this offseason. And maybe they have a little bit of a better idea with these free agents, um, given that, you know, maybe they. Uh, well, I wouldn't say they have a better idea, but they at least they can have some insurance with some of these free agents and they might end up giving them out a little more money than uh, than they would have in the past. So I think the, the free agent market, especially for pitchers, is gonna be is gonna be crazy. There's gonna be overpays everywhere due to due to the fact that teams couldn't really talk to their own players over the offseason.
0: Well, and I, I think that there's already even before the lockout, there was an overpay. Um, there's a pitcher and I can't remember his name, it's escaping me right now, but he signed with the Rockies. He's been with the Rockies his whole career, and he got like, he got like four years, fifty point six. Oh, you're million. talking about John
1: Gray with the Rangers?
0: No, 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 no. That's not who I'm talking oh, about. Oh no, John John Gray was a former first round pick. I, th- okay. This guy, he's an Hispanic fellow, um, and he signed, he re-signed with the Rockies uh, for like four or five years oh, over, over yeah, fifty million. Okay. And I looked at his numbers, and last year he he was like, he had like a four and a half ERA, and was one of his better years. Uh, pitching is certainly. At a premium is it Herman Marquez no What's no I, I think his last name begins with an a um but but he he certainly
1: <sighs> is it Antonio Santazella uh, I believe yeah that's it
0: and Antonio Santazella that, that's who it is he got like four years like 50.6 million dollars okay. and you're looking at him and you look at his numbers and you're like that's not a 10 11, That's not a 12 million Right. The, the a year pitching pitcher. market is
1: unbelievable. It, it's it's just crazy overpays everywhere. Yeah. And
0: yeah. uh, uh, John Gray, the money that he got, what did he get? 4 years, 56 million yeah. in Texas. Yeah. And he's being paid for what he was expected to be, not what he is. John Gray yeah. has never I think maybe he's had one year with a sub 4 ERA. Yeah.
1: I'm not a John it, Gray fan. It,
0: he's never been that guy. He, he has all the stuff. They were talking about it on MLB Network last night. He has all the stuff to be a number one starter, but he isn't. He just doesn't put yeah. it together, and I get that he was pitching in Colorado, and maybe if he gets down to Texas, he'll pitch a little bit better, but John Gray is not an $18 million a year pitcher. He's a guy that should get a Jordan Lyles type of contract, yeah. but because he was taken at the top of the first round, he was expected to be that guy, and he's shown glimpses, he gets 18 freaking million dollars a year. It's Pitching is pricing itself out of baseball, and when I say that... People are still going to be willing to pay, but those small, smaller market teams. It makes you wonder with a team like the Orioles, are they going to be able to go out there and keep up and spend that kind of money to get a starting pitcher? Because concerning, yeah. Look, they moved that wall back so that they could get starting pitching. Yeah, you know, and, yeah. and we talk about the the we, wall. We tongue-in-cheek. wall. We, we love the wall. <laughs> we talk about it on the show a lot, t- uh, mostly tongue in cheek. Um, but they moved that wall back for a reason, not because of the pitchers that are currently on their staff, except for maybe John Means and Jordan yeah. Lyles, but more so because they know they have to go out and get the free agent pitching. Now the free agent pitching they're going to have to get, is that going to cost them 25 30 million dollars a year? Uh
1: no, because I don't think the Orioles will be willing to go to that. That's um, what that, that's that's my point. Right. Yeah, I mean they they certainly could. Um, and I think that Maybe if if they're giving offering Korea three hundred fifty million dollars, like it's rumored, then maybe they are willing to pay that money to pitching. But I somehow I doubt it with with the Orioles past and what they've what they've given out. I think they're more going to be in that like 20, 22, 23 range.
0: Yeah. And here's the other thing that we kind of we talk about the Orioles past, and we talk about they're not the Orioles don't do this. The auras aren't being run by the same people, right? They're in a very different situation. Peter Angelos yeah. is not running this team anymore. You're, you're and, right, and and, and uh, Dan Duquette and Sid Thrift and um, Jim ducat and Mike Flanagan, uh, rest in peace. They they aren't they aren't running this team. It's so Michael Lyons and Zig Dell. Yeah. and it's it's John Angelos who has basically said, if the Correa rumors are true, he's basically said, hey, you're running this team. Go do this. Yeah. Do what you need to do to get this team yeah. back. And and honestly, I've been really enthused. By John Angelos over the last couple of yeah. months and even couple of years, the things that he said make it seem like he's a true Baltimorean at heart, and I, he wants this
1: team to be successful. I certainly don't dislike John Angelos. I think he's he's done what he needs to do, and I think he's done it very um, cordially. Is the word I would use for it?
0: Yeah, and you know, I like that he's kind of look. He he's going to be the guy that people talk to. Yeah, he's 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 the ownership face. Yeah. right but he's kind of taking a back seat. He basically just yeah. says Michael Elias go do your
1: thing. And that's why the Orioles need a president desperately. Yeah. They really need a guy to be like that spokesperson that's not Michael Elias.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um I, I think and-
1: all, to where Mike. I like Michael Elias. I think Michael Elias is a good guy and a very good GM. I think where Michael Elias comes across sometimes a little bit uh I don't I don't know the exact word for it, but he Michael Elias is a GM and mm-hmm. he's Making baseball moves, not business-related moves. Like he, he comes he's across not as
0: a, a, a need-to-know guy, and yes. you don't need to know.
1: Exactly, exactly. He's he can be a little bit harsh. I think is the way I would I would word it. Um, and they need someone who's kind of a little softer uh, to be the, the be the team president and relay some of these business moves. Something that's not really Michael Elias's job. I mean, Michael Elias is not really making decisions so, so, so like on what, hot dog what, prices.
0: Like what kind of business moves? Like moving uh, the wall back. Well, uh, I, I think that's a
1: business move to me. Like that's yeah. not baseball operations. That's a business. move move in my opinion i i think that you know any changes to camden yards you know you you make a hot dog seven dollars instead of you know nine dollars whatever it was before God, someone should, for a hot dog right now i'm yeah, really hungry i mean, me too, I'm really too. hungry so, i mean someone should be there to announce that officially and not john angelos because he's you know ownership should kind of take a back seat mike elias is on the baseball operation side of things i think they need someone to like uh, run business operations and, and be the face of that it, it, over Michael eyes is what I'm saying.
0: You know, it, it's funny though because we're talking about how the the Orioles are in the market for a Carlos Correa. Yeah, and they which would mean that they would have to spend well north of 300 million dollars. Yeah, probably 350, 375. But, yeah, but they won't send their broadcast teams to visit to opposing yeah. stadiums. Well, was that a COVID
1: issue or a money issue? No, th- they
0: they said that it's a money issue at okay. this point because they're they're allowed to. um they they aren't doing it. Yeah, I, I I do know there are like
1: separate um play separate ways that all of this money is allocated mm-hmm. that they, they they have and that that's you know, true. That's a great point. Yeah, like I know Angelos can't really allocate some of the money he has to some things where he can allocate it to other things like free the free agent money isn't the same money that's being allocated to. That, that, that's
0: an excellent point. It's not like you're you have a hundred and sixty five million dollar payroll. Yeah. And two million of that is going to your broadcast team, right? That's, exactly. That, that's a great point. Yeah. There's m- certain money allocated for different things, right? That, that, right. Like, like the twenty five million dollar baseball academy in the Dominican Republic. That yeah. doesn't. That's not part of the Orioles' payroll. That's right. money that was set aside for that. Right. Um. But it also shows that they're not cheap. But then, yeah. W- w- we'll see. Speaking of which, we didn't even discuss. We haven't even talked about the fact that Kevin Brown is now. Yes. He's now yes. the, the full time. It, it, it has been made official. He is the full time. TV personality for the Orioles, hundred thirty so. games uh, roughly. Uh, hundred and thirty games. we we'll be doing some with Jim Palmer, with uh, Ben McDonald. I'm sure Melanie Newman. Well, I saw they, Scott they, Garceau, too. As well, well. Sc- well, Scott Garceau is going to have very uh, significantly less TV games. He's going to be on the radio a lot. Okay, he's going to be. Thank God, there's no Rio Ruiz here anymore. Ruiz, Ruiz, Ruiz. No, look, look, and and Glenn made a great point on the show the other day. Scott Garso has he's, been he, he's been around for so long. Radio legend. Yeah. He's uh, he's earned. Yeah. The right to do this, yes, right, and it's not easy calling games from a teleprompter. No. When, when you're in an empty ballpark and you're looking at the TV feed and calling games based on that, yeah. it's not easy. Now they have the they, their games, our games that we watch on mass and are on a delay. Yeah. they're not they're not on a delay. They're not on a delay um, when they're calling from the ballpark. So, um, but but they're seeing the same things we are. We'll see a fly ball that comes off the bat. It looks like it looks like it's gone, and it's caught middle of left field. He right. just got under it. Right. So, uh, benefit of the doubt there. But I'm glad to see Kevin Brown. Kevin Brown brings a sort of levity. Um, yeah, to an Orioles broadcast, which is something when when they're this bad. It's you, you need it. it yeah. It's desperately needed. That that call. I think it was it was either a Ryan Mountcastle or an Austin Hayes home run. Mm. Uh, right after what was the guy's name from from the wire? What was his name?
1: Uh, I'm not the guy who played Omar. I, I, oh I, yeah, I, right. For, it,
0: Forgive me, but right after that guy died, Mountcastle hits his home run. He says, "You come at the king, you best not miss." <laughs> it was a it was a perfect line yeah. from the show. Perfect line for that moment yeah. that he couldn't have said at any other point. It right. it, it, it was perfect. And that's what Kevin Brown brings to a broadcast. The call on Cedric Mullins' home run robbery in, in that game. The, yeah. the excitement. i there are people that don't like Kevin Brown. I don't get it. I don't get it. I United, I I, he's great. I I enjoy his broadcast. I think he's just the next in a long line of. Orioles broadcasters that just they they give you the feels. You know, you listen to a game, you listen to them call, and you feel like they're in it with you.
1: I think Kevin Brown is the best broadcaster the Orioles have ever had. One of the best ever. Uh, Yeah, I I think. I mean,
0: you're you're talking Chuck Thompson, John Miller.
1: I I I think Kevin Brown is Manfra. I think Kevin Brown is the best that I've personally heard. In my opinion,
0: you are a youngster. You're 20. Yeah, I mean,
1: I've heard. I've heard. When you turn 21, uh, about two months from now. Wow. A little less than two months. Wow!
0: You, you, yeah. So what? What are you gonna do? Are you, are you gonna? When I turn I twenty-one, I'm not, I haven't planned anything yet. When I turn twenty-one, I had my dad buy me my first legal beer. Well, that might happen. We'll see. we we'll That that was that was cool. Uh, let me know what you're doing for your 21st. Sounds birthday, good. I'll man. let you know. I'd like I'd like to be a part of it. Yeah, for if, sure. If for I sure. Could. I'm inviting myself to your birthday party. Deal with it. Deal <laughs> we, with
1: it. Well, we got to do that. Uh, Paul, Paul, and I are going to face off in baseball at some point, pretty soon. Yeah.
0: So in my um, we'll make that part of it. If you weren't listening at the end of the show last week, I called in right after one of my games uh, down in Florida and. We faced a team, God, I feel like they were from Georgia, oh, okay. but I could be wrong, but it was a lot of Puerto Rican and a lot of Dominican players. So okay. one guy who was pitching against okay. us was a Dominican Dominican lefty who pitched in Dominican Pro League the year before. Mm. <laughs> Excuse me. And I shut that team down. I pitched oh, yeah. six innings, two earned runs, 240 batting average on balls in play, and an 81% weak hit percentage so zach heard these numbers from me and he <laughs> says paul i want to i want to face up. he texts me he's like i want to yeah. face you yeah. i want to face you i said i think right now i would dominate you because you, you haven't might. swung a bat and god knows how it's long. it's been a while but I, I feel like if you were you might be i think you'd be able to get a hit or two get into the cages if, for a few months yeah if if, if you were in a, cages don't replicate um, no but i just to get my swing back a little bit it's been, yeah. it's been a while it's been a but while I, I think right now i blow you away you might, but you I think might. I think if you were playing in a league and you were mid season form, I think I think you could you could handle me. Yeah, I'm, I, I don't throw very hard. I just my, my my pitches move a lot. I was better at hitting
1: uh, breaking balls than I was. Well, then I'm just uh, I'm, not, I'm I'm just gonna throw all fast. Yeah, fast I, balls I, I'll, and probably, I'll probably swing through a good amount of them. Yeah, I, I don't <laughs> I don't
0: throw that hard. I throw like low seventies on a good warm okay. July day. I might be able to ramp it up to seventy five.
1: I remember facing some like 80, 85 in high school, and I was like, wow, that's that's tough. I yeah. was I was not ready for that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't throw that. hard. The guys we were facing, the back-to-back lefties we faced in that tournament that gave up one run in two games against us, they were throwing about 80.
1: I still got my cutter. You might have to to face it. You
0: you might have to show me how to throw a cutter so I can add another pitch to my repertoire. Oh, it's easy.
1: It's easy. You you basically grip it like a fastball, but you put your your index finger on the seam, uh, and then you release it from about a slider release point. Pretty okay. close. Yeah. But you you throw it a little harder and it gets a little little bit of lateral, a little bit of average. So it's it's good. It's a good pitch.
0: I'll have to I'll have to have you show me how to throw that. Anyway. Anyway, in a matter of minutes, we're <laughs> gonna have Connor Newcomb from the Locked on the Orioles um podcast joining us to talk about all things Orioles, all things CBA, uh his storylines for spring training and you know the free agents frenzy that we haven't really hit yet. I think today it's gonna ramp up a lot. Yeah. I'm I'm expecting to see some names. I, I think we're gonna hear Nelson Cruz within the next few hours is going somewhere. Yeah, I, I agree. Nelson Cruz is right I think on the we'll, break. We'll have a resolution on Freddie Freeman. Um, very interested. Of course, we're, we're definitely interested in what's going to happen with Carlos Correa. Yeah, uh, I'm interested to see what kind of starting pitching the Orioles are going to go after. What kind of starting pitching they're going to sign, if at all. Yeah, it, it, yeah. They they know that they need another starter. Yeah. Right. Uh, I agree. They 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 definitely need another starter. They've basically said as much. And they got to go get catching. And are they going to be trades? Are they going to trade Trey Mancini to the Padres for? They a catch? easily could. You know that they've they've got a, they've got. A lot of work to do, and they they're all reporting to, to reporting tomorrow if they're yeah. not already down there. And I heard that some of them are already down there.
1: Just some updates uh, from John Heyman here. Sure, um, Nelson Cruz. He said expected to have a deal by tomorrow. Um, this was about twenty minutes ago, and then sixteen minutes ago, the Mets are apparently looking to trade some veterans. Um, I saw that. Jeff McNeil, Dominic Smith, JD Davis. Um, so you know, maybe some yeah, guys they they, they,
0: they got to clear some stu- some some um they got to clear some money off because yeah. th- their payroll right now is two hundred ninety million, a- which a- is
1: JD Davis is a really good bat. Yeah. Really good bat. I and now with the National League DH, he's more of a DH kind of type guy. I mean he can play third play left field, but man, that would be a good get for any team. JD Davis can hit.
0: All right, all right. Well why don't we go ahead and give Connor Newcomb a call? Just wanna remind you all that the newest edition of Press of Pressbox is available now on if I can get this out from under my computer. On the cover, we celebrate the 20th anniversary of Maryland Men's Basketball's 2002 NCAA Tournament Championship as Gary Williams reflects on how the program rose from the ashes of NCAA sanctions to the pinnacle of the sport and why his perspective of the title run has changed now two decades later. Plus, Juan Dixon, Lonnie Baxter, and the rest of the team relive the moments that ultimately led to them cutting down the nets in Atlanta. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including... 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Joining us now on the bat round he is the play-by-play voice for Hopkins Sports. He is also the host of Locked on Orioles podcast. He is Connor Newcomb, and he's live with us now on the line here in the studio. Connor, how are you this morning? I'm great, Paul and Zach. How are you guys? We're doing really well. So excited to have baseball back. So excited to have you on the program. It's always great when we get a chance to talk with you. What was your excitement level on Thursday when they announced they had agreed to, to terms?
6: Yeah, I mean, big-time excitement. I mean, you could kind of feel it was a little different throughout the day, Thursday, just with the more of the intricacies that were being reported. Like they were talking about, you know, if a deal comes today, free agency would open tonight. And if a deal comes today— you know, here's when the season would start. Here's when spring training games would start. So we got all that before we got the deal, and you could kind of feel it. I actually was about to record uh, Friday's episode of my podcast on Thursday afternoon, and because of those tweets, that was the first time I actually waited to record and said we might get a deal tonight, um, and it turned out to be that way. Um, and obviously, I was very excited. Um, and you know, there's been positives and negatives from looking at the deal, but. Just happy that we're getting 162, and we're really only starting a week
0: late. So let me ask you this: Baseball's back. We're getting a 162 game season, um, and we're all happy. We're all excited. Do you kind of put all the 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 negativity from what we just went through for 99 days behind you, or is that just going to kind of sit in the back of your mind um, that they didn't give a they, they didn't really care about the fans at all? Uh, does that stick with you, or are you just nope? Baseball's here. Let's get going.
6: I mean, it's going to stick with me. And the other thing is, like, you know, it, it more than anything else, it makes you think, like, what's going to happen in five years? Right. You know, like, and, and that's obviously very far down the line. And, you know, the Orioles hopefully will look like a completely different franchise by then, just taking it from a, a Baltimore perspective. But you can't forget about it. The thing that will kind of stick in my mind, I think, more than just the overall negativity about the you know trend that, that that baseball and major league baseball as a league was going that will stick out I think is that you know we saw the media portrayal be more pro player than it's ever been in labor negotiations yeah. and I also think we got more down the middle reporting on what was going on and there were obviously mouthpieces for both sides in the media um but I think we got more of an understanding of what the players are looking for in these deals And I think a lot more people realize that, like, you know, the owners just say a lot more to the media throughout these negotiations. And so you've kind of been trained to think that what the owners are saying is what should be happening, what I should believe. But I think we came to more of a conclusion this time that, you know, at the end of the day, you're watching the game for the players. And if just for that, like, it makes it a lot easier to take their side in these negotiations. So I think the negative part that I still hold with me is, like, this could get worse in five years, and right. it could even be bad in three months because you know they kind of tabled the international draft thing, and that could come up again in the middle of the season. But on the flip side, you think, okay, maybe next time the players even have more support, and you know this gets done a little easier.
0: Yeah, I I, I agree with you. I think that people were more prone to take the player side because it's out there, and the players are the product. Now with these negotiations positives there's negatives from all this what's your takeaway what are your takeaways from the cba what are the things that you like what are the things that came about that you don't like yeah i mean i think you know i'm not like 100 percent
6: let's go these are great things because they're also tough to kind of understand i think it was good that the players got changes on kind of their big things that they wanted mm-hmm. the competitive balance tax went up it's going to continue to go up uh, they got higher minimum salaries for players. That's was that was something I was big on. Um, and the, the pre-arbitration bonus pool um, I think was kind of the, the number one thing that, that I was excited about them adding, just because you have these players like a Wander Franco and hopefully like an Adley Rutschman this year where they're going to make the league minimum. And I know it's different for a guy like Adley who had, you know, an eight to $9 million signing bonus. and It's a little different, but you know, you you add different guys, you know, a a guy like a Cedric Mullins, who was, you know, not a very early round pick. He comes up, he's an MVP candidate and an all-star. And, you know, he's not making that much more than the minimum to do that. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, for a guy who can finish pretty high in this voting, there's that $50 million in that pre-R bonus pool that, you know, they're going to get some of that money and at least get a little more of what they're worth before they go to arbitration. In terms of negative stuff, I don't like that the owners were able to get that extra threshold on the CBT, that $60 million over. They basically looked around, and they said, instead of trying to outspend Steve Cohen, we're just going to try to tax him out of spending all his money, right. which was just weird. And then another negative, to be honest, I don't think the kind of you know, anti-tanking measures that they tried to put in with the draft lottery or, you know, the measures to try and get guys to stop service time manipulation. I like that they're in there, but I don't really see them working.
0: Yeah, it's it's going to be a little difficult. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because it brings me to Adley Rutschman, who you just mentioned. Um, look, if, if they bring him up on opening day, they're going to get an extra draft pick. We don't know what that draft pick is. But let's say they bring him up in mid-May, and then he goes off and he finish, finishes first or second in Rookie of the Year voting, they lose that year of service time anyway. Now, on the flip side, maybe he finishes third in Rookie of the Year voting, but he doesn't get that year of service time. It, it, it seems like that would be a gamble that the team might be willing to take to try to get that extra year of service time. With that in mind, do you anticipate now with this with this new language in the CBA that Rutschman will be here on opening day, or do you think it's still going to be one of those things where they hold him back for a couple of weeks?
6: Yeah, you know, if you're an owner in a front office and you want to be really evil, these new things in the CBA could almost make you hold a player down for longer at the beginning of the season. Because if you think, hey, if we don't bring up, you know, our top prospect till June, the voters might say he doesn't have enough time in the big leagues to Mm -hmm. win rookie of the year. And then, you know, you get that extra year at the end. But with a player like Adley, who was clearly ready In August, honestly, of last year, like I did a podcast episode in late July where I said, Adley's ready. I I, I said, I didn't think the Orioles would bring him up, but I said, like, it's go time in terms of if you were just evaluating it off of talent and of course, comparing him to Pedro Severino, Chance Sisko and Austin Wins made that a little easier as well. But, you know, he's the best catcher in the system, major or minor leagues. Obviously, he's the best prospect in baseball. He's good to go for the majors. His swing's ready. His defense is ready. He is all there. And again, you know, the draft pick compensation, you know, if he finishes top three in Rookie of the Year, you're going to get some draft picks. John Means finished top three in Rookie of the Year a couple of years ago, and he is nothing close to the player that Adley Rutschman is. So, right. And remember, John Means was on the opening day roster in 2019. So if you call up Adley and you, you know, get him in the top three Rookie of the Year, which... He should be, honestly. I mean, I think Wander Franco might still have that eligibility. I'm not sure. But at the end of the day, Adley's going to be in that top three. Take those draft picks. And you know what? Don't worry about that last year because just sign him to an extension before that happens. Uh,
0: that's what I've been saying. And, and, and just for clarity, it's actually the top two um, finalists for Rookie of the Year in, in both leagues, not the top three, just just so our our listeners um, know exactly what's going on there. But, yeah, the, the thing is, Connor. Adley Rutschman's going to have a leg up on the competition as it is because he's the number 1 overall prospect in baseball. He's expected to be a top 5 catcher as soon as he makes his debut. He's going to have so he might have lesser numbers. He might say he hits 260 with 23 home runs, but that's still going to be good enough to get him rookie of the year because he's Adley Rutschman and he's expected to be that player, right? Yeah, I mean
6: and and you know at the end of the day rookie of the year is not as difficult to win some years as people think mm-hmm. like last year, there were a lot of candidates in the American league. And that was one of the reasons why among others, you know, defensive struggles and a, and a you know, cold start that Ryan Mountcastle didn't finish in the top three, but there are some years like the year that means finished in the top three, where you had Jordan Alvarez, you know, lighting the world on fire in like a half a season. You had, you know, Perp Brandon Lau breaking out. And that was kind of it in the American League. So by default, your third guy in there was John Means because he pitched kind of well for a terrible Orioles team. And so there are some years where, you know, and because of the nature of baseball now, like there are more guys who get called up who don't stay up. You know, guys go up and down a lot. And so, you know, they don't accrue enough time in the majors where writers will consider them, you know, up in the bigs long enough to win rookie of the year. So, you know, you look at Adley, if he's up for the whole season as the Orioles' starting catcher, and he does hit that 260, you know, maybe at 850 OPS, you know, whatever it may be, 20 to 25 home runs, with the prospect status he has, if he's hitting big homers and you know making the Orioles at least watchable, he's going to finish in that top two, and you're going to get those draft picks. So, I don't think the rules have made it a no-brainer. I would like the rules to make it a no-brainer, right. which it should be to call up your top prospect on Opening Day. But I think it helps a little bit. and if you're the Orioles like you gotta do it. like you know when when we all show up to Camden Yards on that you know April 11th, he, he needs to be in the lineup.
0: I agree now. What about the thought process that okay, maybe we don't call him up for opening day, but then when we have our next when we have our next home stand, we call him up then and then we can get another sellout and that's more money coming into the Orioles.
6: Yeah, I mean, like, I could see them working it to, depending on what that date is going to be for the extra year of time, you know, Mm -hmm. I could see them lining it up with, you know, a a start of a homestand and, you know, getting him in the ballpark and getting fans in the ballpark. Again, I wouldn't like it because I would like to see him from the jump, you know, from April 8th in Tampa, you know, the new opening day. I would like to see Allie Rushman, you know, batting whatever he's batting, fifth, sixth in the lineup and, and catching for the Orioles. But that's something I could see happening. I mean, if they wanted to be really bad about it, like you could see a situation where they hold them both down and they could maybe call up Grayrod and Adley at the same time and have them, you know,
0: make the base news on
6: the same day and make it a mega event at Camden Yards in like June. I don't think that's happening. But I could see something like you talked about, Paul, maybe happening. But at the end of the day, he's just too advanced for AAA.
0: Yeah, no, I I agree. I I, I think that he belongs in the major leagues right now. Like I said, I I think he's a top-five catcher in the game the moment that he steps on the field. It's just a matter of getting him him in the ballpark, and I agree with you. He should be on this team on opening day for sure. Now, there have been rumors about a guy who might be on this team uh, on opening day. Now, they're just rumors, but Carlos Correa has kind of taken the Orioles fan base by storm ever since Raul Ramos said that the Orioles – Had a deal on the table for um, for Correa. Do you put any stock into any of this? Do you you even bother getting yourself excited about something like this?
6: Yeah, I mean, to be honest, like I was not familiar with Raúl Ramos before the report,
0: Mm -hmm.
6: and kind of like looked into it. And he is verified on Twitter, and he does write for a legitimate outlet, and he is a member of the BBWAA. So at the end of the day, like this is not, you know. Orioles season 425 on Twitter with 32 followers tweeting out that he's heard that the Orioles are interested in Carlos Correa. Like this is a legitimate journalist. Right. And so at the end of the day, like my thoughts of will the Orioles sign Carlos Correa was at like, you know, 0.1% before the lockout. Mm-hmm. This report puts it at 1% for me. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think, you know, there's going to be so many teams that are ready to win now and that are have shown in the past that they're willing to spend 300 to 400 million dollars in 10 years on a free agent that he might go those places and he could still go back to houston i mean a lot of people have ruled that out but i think that's still on the table but it's funny to see that report to see raul continue to tweet about it a little bit that you know the orioles are interested reporting that they had potentially offered him a deal around the 10 years 350 million It makes sense for the Orioles to do it, a Padres-Manny Machado-style deal where you sign the key key free agent to a 10-year deal one year before you're ready to be good. You get him to buy into the long-term plan, and then you're kind of set with a star. You know, Correa and Adley is maybe your Machado and Tatis for the Padres, and then you start to build around them the next offseason. I could see that happening with the Orioles. I would love to see it. And at the end of the day, you know, how awesome would it be for the O's to do that and to make them so much more watchable? But I don't think it's going to happen. The only thing that, you know, maybe I'm up from 1% to 2% is, you know, the Cubs were like the team once the lockout ended, like the Cubs, Cubs, Cubs. Mm -hmm. Then they signed Anderton Simmons to a one-year deal yesterday. And the reports were, you know, that doesn't mean they're out of Correa, but that's a starting shortstop in the big league they just went after. So you could argue that you're crossing another team off the list. And again, I don't think he goes to Baltimore, but, I haven't given up all hope.
0: Yeah, and there's also uh, talks now that the Orioles are amongst four or five other teams that are talking to Jose Iglesias. So, kind of tempers your enthusiasm there because why would they be talking to Iglesias if they're going to sign Correa? But they also have to do their due diligence. If they don't get Correa, they need somebody to play shortstop. I think we can agree that it's not going to be that they're not looking at Ramon Arias or Jorge Mateo to be their starting shortstop on opening day.
6: Yeah, I mean, I like Ramon Arias, and I think he should get a lot of at-bats this year because I think he showed us last year that he could be a worthy piece on this team. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, he's a second baseman. agree. And I think, honestly, he's more of a third baseman even than he is a shortstop. And so they kind of have a weird look in the infield right now where they've signed Odor, and he's on a major league deal, so he's probably going to play. And then you have Mateo and Arias and Gutierrez and Jemai Jones and potentially Ryland Bannon, and you have all these infielders. But none of them are shortstops, right? And so some of them can play shortstop, but none of them are shortstops. And so it makes you think like the O's have to go get a shortstop. And yes, it will probably be more so like a reunion with Jose Iglesias. But I'm not closing that that Correa door. But but like you said, like I think Arias should play, just just not at short every day.
0: Yeah, I think he's more so a second baseman. But again, I keep forgetting about Roof Neto Door because I don't put a lot of stock into Rufnett Odor. I, I see a guy who barely hits 200. He, he'll he hit a big home run for you every now and again, but more often than not, he's going to roll over or, he, or he's going to strike out. Uh, I see a guy who's going to hit 199 for your ball club, so I don't I don't really look at him as a as an answer for this roster right now. But the, the Orioles have gone out, and they signed Odor. They signed Jordan Lyles. It's still pending a physical, which I think will probably get done once he gets to Sarasota. Uh, I'm looking at this team. What other free agent... Um, signings do you think that this team could make we're not looking at them going out and getting Trevor Story but maybe they could get a lesser player maybe a starting pitcher they need catching who do you see them going after in free agency yeah you know I would you
6: know obviously we've talked about it a shortstop is a need and I I honestly think like if they don't get Correa I think Iglesias is just like too perfect of a fit Mm -hmm. he's already been here he has already had success here he showed he can still hit when he got to Boston at the end of last year, and he's not the elite defender he used to be. But when he's healthy, he's still pretty good at shortstop, right. and I think that just makes too much sense for the Orioles not to do it. If they, you know, as I probably expect, are not in on the Correa situation. In terms of beyond that, you know, I would honestly like to see them sign another infielder. I mean, I know they want to get Arias reps and maybe get another look at Gutierrez, and you know, still give Jemai Jones a shot. And and I think, you know, Arias is in there and Ador is already there. But if you look at some of the other infielders who are out there, I mean, there's not a lot of great options, but they were connected to a guy like Donovan Solano before the lockout. I think that's a pretty good pickup. A guy who can play second and third, a veteran guy who, you know, if it were a player like that, you know, can come in and, and help your team. And there's some other, you know, names like that out there. But besides that, I mean, a starting pitcher. Like, I like the Jordan Lyle signing at the end of the day. He's a guy who has stayed healthy recently and thrown a lot of innings, so I will take that in the rotation. But, you know, it's kind of the the two-way street of, you know, they have all these kind of tweener starters that they need to get a look at, Mm -hmm. but you can't just rely on all those tweener starters because we saw what happened when they did that last year. Then Means and Zimmerman got hurt, and it was a disaster. So they need to bring in a better-than-Matt Harvey type option and, you know, I would even, you know, Martin Perez could have been an answer. He got signed up yesterday. You know, I could see even a guy like a Yusei Kikuchi, uh, who was with the Mariners for the last couple of years. He's kind of like the next best pitcher uh, that's kind of in the Orioles, more so price range that's out there on the market. Uh, a Matthew Boyd, who got non-tendered by the Tigers after a kind of a rough year, but he's had success in the past. I would go after him. Even a Chris Archer for kind of a bounce back year, a guy we know. From the division you know any of those guys who will command major league deals one to two years you know five to ten million dollars a year i think they could go after and then maybe the last thing i would look for i think this offseason might need to be the first time where maybe they do bring in an actual reliever in free agency and i know they have a lot of bullpen pieces that they're they're kind of churning through right now and it doesn't have to be like a lockdown closer but a legitimate major league reliever i think to come in on this team would would definitely help them at this point. And someone in like the, you know, Michael Gibbons ilk, they probably wouldn't bring him back, but like a Jake Diekman type of guy who's like a veteran, who's not necessarily a closer, but could just help your pen and help these young pitchers. I think that's kind of what, what I would do if I were Michael
0: I. Well, yeah, the Orioles, they, they have some electric arms. In, in their bullpen, you look at Tanner Scott, Dylan Tate, Tyler Tyler Wells, uh, Cole Sulser. even. Uh, Cole Sulser, I think he's going to get, he and Tyler Wells, I think are going to split duties at, uh, as the closer. But they they do need that guy who's going to kind of bridge the gap in the middle innings. If your starter goes five innings, they need that guy who can pitch the sixth, maybe even seventh innings to get you to those electric arms. I think that that's very important. I like your point on that one. Now, Speaking of pitching, uh, John Mioli wrote in his newsletter the other day that Grayson Rodriguez and D.L. Hall should be here by midseason. I get I get Grayson Rodriguez. He, he could be here sooner than that. D.L. Hall is a guy never thrown more than 91 innings. He only had seven starts and in 32 innings last year. He was dominant, but he had the stress reaction in his elbow. Uh, now, he's been putting out pretty confident tweets recently saying that he's going to be one of the best to ever do it. He has to say that because he has to believe in himself, I get, and I get that. Where are you with D.L. Hall? Do you look at this as a make-or-break year for him as far as a starting rotation piece? Do you think he ultimately ends up a back-end part of a bullpen? Where do you stand with D.L. Hall as we currently sit?
6: Yeah, I get the people who say, like, this could be the next Josh Hader. And at the end of the day, you know, a good team, when the Orioles are a good team, if you have a guy like Josh Hader, he is a huge reason why the Brewers who literally have Christian Gellich and then eight replaceable guys in their lineup keep getting to the playoffs. Obviously, their starting rotation helps, but they've got one of the best closers at the back end of the bullpen, and, you know, throws hard from the left side, and obviously the Orioles did literally have Josh Hader at one time before trading away. But, you know, I still think there's more from the like I see him being a blake snell type of pitcher i think that can still happen and i don't think this is any kind of make or break year i'd like to see him stay healthy for the whole year because we haven't seen that in a normal season yet and i don't think him and grayson are on the same timeline i honestly think dl hall could start the year at double a again even though he's on the 40-man roster just because he hasn't gotten to triple a and he only got so much double a time last year before the injury i do think grayson rodriguez will be in norfolk and he could definitely be and should be, if all goes well, in the big leagues by, you know, the all-star break. For D.L. Hall, I would like to see him in the bigs, you know, at the end of the year. But I wouldn't even be surprised if he just ends the year, you know, in Norfolk after, you know, a month and a half in Bowie, a full season in Norfolk, and he's, you know, in the opening day rotation next year. Again, I'd like to see him this year if he's healthy. But just at the end of the day, give me a healthy season with a lot of strike gaps with that velocity still up and the stuff looking good. And I won't be too upset if we don't see a whole lot of him this year as long as it's only because, you know, they're they're trying to play it safe and he is healthy and it's not because, you know, he gets injured again.
0: And then finally, we haven't talked to you since the Orioles moved this wall back and a lot of people are up in arms about it. The conversation's kind of fallen by the wayside since then. Um, but your thoughts on this new left field wall. They pushed it back 30 feet in some spaces. They they, they raised it up to 12 feet high, so the robberies are going to be gone. How does this impact the pitching staff? How does this impact the offense? And does it matter because the Orioles have been drafting these college bats with high OBP, low strike rates, that can have really good bat-to-ball skills and they can spray the ball all over. What does this do to the team on both sides? You know, I'm kind of on board. I think I am too. Um, you know,
6: you look at the Orioles lineup. Not maybe not right now because there's still a lot of questions. But what they would like it to be, and you have Ryan Mountcastle in there, and you know, people put out some of the numbers that said essentially, you know, Mountcastle would have lost maybe three home runs mm-hmm. at Camden Yards last year. Like he was hitting the ball deep into the left field seats. You look at what they're trying to do with this lineup. You have Adley Rutschman, who's a switch hitter, but has showed a, a little more pop from the left side throughout his career. You have the guys you've drafted, Colton Kowser, a lefty, Heston Kerstad, a lefty. Obviously, Cedric Mullinger, breakout player, has gone just to the left side. So you have these guys who have power who are left-handed hitters. And, you know, they're going to play with the flag court in right field. And your right-handed hitters are kind of Ryan Mountcastle. And then we'll see. You know, you have, you have Austin Hayes still on this team. We'll see. You know, this will be a big year to see what kind of future piece he's going to be. And then after that, you know, you go through the system and there's not a lot of, you know, big time hitting prospects who are right handed. You know, you throw like a Jordan Westberg into that mix and you know, if you still believe it all and use nail Diaz, he's in that mix. But at the end of the day, like the top hitting prospects, the Cowsers, the Stowers, you know, even guys like a like a Robert Neustrom who broke out last year, obviously a Heston Kerstad and Adley Rutschman as a switch hitter. You're looking at a lot of guys who are going to feast from the left side of the plate, and this isn't going to really hurt them as much. You look at the Orioles' outfield. they got a lot of outfielders who can cover a lot of ground. You're not really worried about that once you know D.J. Stewart is off the team. And then you look at the pitching. You've got a lot of left-handed pitchers currently on this team with you know not just John Means, but Wells and Lowther and Zimmerman and Aiken and all these guys. And then you've got more lefties coming up who we're excited about, like D.L. Hall and Drew Rahm. And obviously, you know, right-handed hitters against left-handed pitchers, in the past at Cannon Yards, they have feasted on, you know, the shorter wall, the shorter distance down the left field line. And I think that could help the Orioles, too, with all their lefties against these big-time power-hitting right-handed lineups in the division. You look at the Yankees, Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton. That's pretty scary from the right side. Gary Sanchez, Glaber Torres as well. You look at the Blue Jays with Vladdy Guerrero and, you know, obviously Oriole killer Randall Gritschik and everything they've got from the right side of the plate, and you go up and down these lineups they're going to face, they are right-handed heavy power-hitting lineups against a rotation that's being more left-handed heavy, and a lineup for the Orioles that is left-handed heavy as well. I think this is kind of moving your stadium for the roster you're building, and maybe this is like the next wave of the you know analytics movement in baseball is not crafting a roster to your stadium, but maybe crafting your stadium a little bit to the roster and, who knows? Maybe uh, maybe Mike Elias is kind of you know operating a couple years ahead right now, and I can see this maybe working out. You
0: know, that's the best argument that I've heard for the wall. That's the best argument I've heard for the wall. And uh, you didn't even mention the fact that it could help them attract more free and starting pitchers. But it seems more so to your point that this wall is being pushed back because they know the players that they have in their system that are coming up, and it's only going to help the type of ball club that they're going to be. That was that was an excellent statement there. Uh, thank you for giving it to us. Uh, Connor, what do you have coming up on on the podcast? What do you got going on in your life? Any closing thoughts for us today?
6: Yeah, so on Locked on Orioles, uh, next week is the last week where we are three episodes a week after that. Uh, it's into you know almost the season starts mode, so starting March 20th, five days a week on the podcast. Uh, the pod is now also on YouTube, so if anyone prefers watching the podcast as well, we are up on the Locked on Orioles YouTube page. Make sure to subscribe to that. In terms of this week, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the minor league free agents that the Orioles brought in uh, over the past two weeks. But basically, I'm waiting for the O's to make a major league signing. And we will be on top uh, of those major league signings, covering it all on Locked on Orioles, covering what's going on down in spring training as more and more of the journalists get down to Sarasota as we uh, happily, on the pod, uh, get ready for an April 8th opening day.
0: Sounds awesome, and we are certainly looking forward to it. Uh, let's talk sooner rather than later, all right, Connor? Sounds good to me. All right, man. You have a great weekend. Enjoy this free agent frenzy that we hope gets uh, ramped up a little bit today. We'll talk to you soon. All right, and that was that was Connor Newcomb from the Locked On the Orioles podcast joining us live today on the show. Had a lot of big things to say. I, that, that argument that um, that he made for the wall. Best one I've heard. Yeah, it's,
1: it's a great argument. I, I think that you know, like you said at the end, that attracting free agent starting pitching is going to be so important for the Orioles in the coming years, and it's really going to make them. It's really going to be a key piece to making them competitive and and to revitalizing this organization and becoming what they were uh, from 2012 to 2016. And you need you really needed this. And, and like Connor said, it's I'm on board with it. It's it's a really good move. And um, you know it, he made some
0: great points. And and it's yeah the 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 stock piling of left handed hitters that they're gonna are yeah, uh, gonna have right, I mean, and they're still gonna have that short porch in right, in right field and they're still and gonna have it, that gap and,
1: and like you said you're not worried about Rushman not yeah. or, or Mount Castle not being able to hit home runs because they hit the ball
0: a long way. You're not yeah. worried about or that. Or Carlos Correa who has the longest home run in the history of Camden New Orleans, right, I mean, he hit four hundred seventy five over, over the
1: second bullpen. And yeah. uh like you mentioned too Jordan Westburg. I mean you, you're not worried about those guys. Right and, and, then, it, and then when
0: you have a guy like Colton Callis who can come up who can literally hit the ball all over the field. Right. Uh, right. it's 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 exciting. I, I honestly think that this wall is going to make the 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 Orioles a better hitting make, team. Make them great again. Make them gray again. <laughs> them gray again? <laughs> great, I said great. Oh oh, sorry. Make Moga make Orioles great yeah, again. Ba- bad Moga? joke. I'm sorry. Bad uh, joke. We're gonna we're gonna take a break on. on- On that bad joke that Jack (laughs) just gave us there. Just want to remind you guys that sports betting has come to Maryland and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets with Glenn Clark and myself every Tuesday morning at 11.40. FanDuel Sportsbook GM Bruce Billick and V-Sense Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and even a few winners. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday at 11.40 a.m. Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash Radio. watch at youtube.com slash pressbox online and every other Thursday at eleven forty. Tune in for weekend at Bookies as Andrew Steka and Bet Preps Brad Feinberg help make you some money for the weekend. When we come back on the bat around Orioles Banter
4: Glory Days Grills St. Patrick's menu is now in full swing and it's their most popular seasonal menu all year. New in 2022 are their Smoky Thigh Wings with Guinness Grilling Sauce, a house-made Guinness barbecue sauce. Fan favorites also include their Corned Beef and Cabbage, the Shepherd's Pie with Guinness Braised Ground Beef, the Glory Days Reuben and the Rachel. Enjoy a pint of Guinness or Guinness Baltimore Blonde. The St. Patrick's menu is available for the whole month of March. Come in for great food, cold beer and basketball out more about glory days grill and get your order in online at glorydaysgrill.com
7: that first sip that first bite start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at royal farms choose from a fantastic selection of fresh royal farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world at royal farms breakfast is available day and night
0: Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets with Glenn Clark and Paul Valley every Tuesday morning at 1140. FanDuel Sportsbook GM Bruce Billick and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and even a few winners. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday at 1140 a.m. Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. Watch at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline.
8: The newest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, we celebrate the 20th anniversary of Maryland Men's Basketball's 2002 NCAA Tournament Championship, as Gary Williams reflects on how the program rose from the ashes of NCAA sanctions to the pinnacle of the sport, and why his perspective of the title run has changed now, two decades later. Plus, Juan Dixon, Lonnie Baxter, and the rest of the team relive the moments that ultimately led them to cutting down the nets in Atlanta. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com.
5: Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution, and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org.
0: Welcome back to the batter a round A really, really lively show here today uh, because baseball's back. And yes, we, couldn't, we couldn't be happier. We couldn't be more thrilled to actually have something to talk about rather than Two sides beating their heads against the wall. Uh, Zach, you have a um, there is a trade that has been made uh, that you wanted to tell everybody a little bit about. Yeah, so uh, a decent sized trade, really
1: the first one that that's happened so far. Um, so I, I did want to just break it down. It's not a it's not a huge thing, but Minnesota. And the Texas Rangers have made a swap. It's a two-for-one deal. Uh, Two players coming from Texas, which are Isaiah Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, a difficult name to say there. And uh, they also sent Ronnie Henriquez. uh, He's ranked number 15 by MLB Pipeline on their top 30 uh, for the Rangers. Uh, He's a a young starting pitcher, uh, right-hander. And then Mitch Garver from the Minnesota Twins is going to go back to Texas, which is... A relatively sizable move. I mean, I, I didn't realize this, but Connor Falefa was worth 3.7 to war last year. The yeah. guy's legit. He's a really good defender. Can hit a little bit. Mitch Garver was worth about 2.7. Um, Garver, you know, hit had 1,000 OPS basically a few years ago. Hit 31 home runs. This 2019, obviously, I'm talking about. The guy is a really good hitter. Mitch Garver is one of the best catchers in baseball. He doesn't really get a lot of appreciation. But Texas now, if you look at them... I mean, they, they didn't really need Kyler Falafa anymore because they got rid of... Uh, or they, they added Corey Seager and Marcus Semyon up the middle. They don't really need Kaira Um And... Now you've got Mitch Garver to to catch for you, and you've got a lineup now that's starting to look more and more formidable. Um, and this is look, I, I think Texas wins this trade. in My opinion. I mean, you got sure the the Twins got a prospect, they got their shortstop, I guess. I mean, I know they already have Jorge Polanco, so I don't know where Connor Felipe is going to play. But look, I mean, it this is an interesting deal, and I think it's very fair. Uh, but man, I mean, Texas is really loading up on their bats. They got some good guys. Yeah, it just uh, what's going to come down to for Texas is who's going to pitch. Yeah. Right, yeah. Um, and, and, and right now, if you look at the rotation, it's terrible.
0: Yeah, it's it's, horrible. It, it's not good. That's why I really thought they were going to be in on Clayton Kershaw. Uh, he's a Texas guy. He, he's yeah. probably going to sign. Just, a short he's just deal. such a Dodger, though. Yeah, he, 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 just, he is. He, he he is the Dodger. Yeah. I, I get that. I just really thought they'd be in on him. I, right. and you know, I'm not um I'm not privy to the to all the pitching that's still yeah. out there. But the big names are gone. Right. The big the big names right. are gone, and yeah, you you spent a lot of money. I mean, they spent the, like five hundred and sixty
1: million in two days.
0: Yeah. So you, you, yeah. you spent <laughs> a lot of money on your offense, right. And your defense. It's
1: gonna be tough. But, I mean, but
0: where's the pitching gonna come
1: from? Right. If you look at the rotation, I can pull that up real quick. Um, it, it's it's really bad. I mean, you've got Dane Dunning, who Dane Dunning, I think, is gonna be a good starter in this league. Um, it, but look, I mean, when you have. Uh, the, the rotation that they have, I, I don't see how they make a playoff, you know, appearance this year. I, I really doubt it. And After spending five hundred sixty million, honestly, you you kind of expect that at this point. But we're looking at John Gray as the ace. They uh, signed obviously for fifty five million dollars. Uh, Dane Dunning is the is the number two. Dane Dunning is a good pitcher. That'll be fine. But then behind him, you've got Taylor Hearn, AJ Alexi, and Spencer Howard.
0: Not great. Not yeah, th- their rotation, and, and you're assume, and that's assuming that nobody gets hurt. Right, right. It's, it's like what, like what Connor just mentioned with the Orioles, with they had John Means and Bruce Zimmerman last year. They both got hurt. Right, and the wheels fell. I mean, Nothing the wheels else. were already falling off anyway, yeah. but they completely fell off. Um, okay. Yeah, th- th- there's some guys out there that could still be had. I just you know, Zach Davies is still out there. Zach Granky, Danny Duffy, uh, Drew Smiley. These guys are still out there. Michael yeah. Pineda, Garrett Richards. You have some guys out there that can still. They can still pitch a little bit. Garrett Richards wouldn't be a bad ad. Garrett Richards yeah. is not too bad. And, and if he has an opportunity to start, I mean, Boston yeah. kind of relegated him to the bullpen yeah. last year. I think Garrett Richards is still a good pitcher. I don't think he's bad at all. No. Yeah. Wouldn't so, be a bad move for the Orioles to make. Yeah, and, and let's let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Let, let, uh, I don't know what these guys are going are to command. Yeah. I, I don't think that Zach Granke would come to a team like the Orioles. No, and no the, way. The, the, I don't think, he would cost at a minimum $15 million. I I would think more than that. and. Yeah. Uh, but you also have to look at how the, the Astros used him down the stretch last year. Maybe that, that lowered yeah, his market value. Yeah, he,
1: it's just name recognition, too, with him, though. Yeah, Everyone knows it, and he he knows he can command a, a, a big salary because of his name. And I also think, like I said in the beginning of the show, that pitching is at such a premium right now. A guy like Zach Greggie, who has that kind of track record and that kind of leadership he brings to a clubhouse, I think he's going to cost quite a bit.
0: Yeah. How about you say Kukuchi?
1: I mean, for the
0: Orioles, for Yeah, I I like I like the arm. It makes sense. You know, I, I like the arm. I don't think he prices himself out of being in Baltimore. No,
1: I don't think he does necessarily. I, I think he's probably going to get like $12 million maybe. He's a- $12 million per year. He's a big league
0: pitcher. Yeah, he is. He he he's a big league pitcher, and, and he's
1: an upgrade over Jordan Lyles. I mean, he's he's a better pitcher than Jordan Lyles, and he's certainly a better pitcher than anyone else in the uh, in the Orioles rotation outside of John Means. So yeah, I mean, he, he would be he would be a nice pitcher for the Orioles to have, but I think he's probably going to cost you $12 million,
0: twelve million plus a year. Yeah, and his career high for innings is one hundred and sixty one and two thirds. His first okay. year, his career ERA four ninety seven. It's not. I'll take that. Yeah, I mean, I'm. Whip one point four, fielding independent pitching four nine three. Okay, uh, so he's
1: pitching a little better than his ERA shows, um, but, but barely, barely. Yeah, I, I mean, look, it, if if he's your number three behind Lyles and Means, or even your number two behind Means, it's not a bad, it's not a bad ad. I mean, uh, it, but at the price he's going to cost you, you know, you are going to have to pay that premium. Well,
0: look, they they got to go out and get and get another starting pitcher. Yeah. I, I don't think that you can enter, and, and maybe. You know, I have a lot of hope for Michael Bellman. A lot of people say that they think he's going to end up in the back end of the bullpen, and ultimately that might be where he goes. But I have a lot of hope for Michael Bellman to, to make it into the Orioles rotation this mm-hmm. year. Yeah. I, I think it's up to him. And just, just like, so I didn't get to say this to Connor; um, it slipped my mind. But with Adley Rutschman, right? It's it's up to him to force the Orioles' hand yes. in spring training. He needs if he hits three fifty with like five with like three home runs mm-hmm. over the next three weeks. Or, or we can say five home runs over the next three weeks. The Orioles really can't justify sending him down. It, 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 you look at it on the other side of things Mike, like a guy like a Michael Ballman and a Keegan Aiken. Keegan Aiken yep. last year had a rotation spot on from day one in yep. spring training, and then was terrible. Was beyond terrible. He was yeah, beyond it, it, terrible. It was awful. And, and then he actually ended up becoming a a decent pitcher down the stretch for the Orioles this past season. It's up to these guys to come in and have a good spring. One hundred percent. And Make it so that they have to be part of your plans.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it's a big deal to come in and, and show out, and, and certainly like for a guy like Aiken to be better than he was last year, it's it's really important. to be. I mean, Aiken, I don't see Aiken as a long-term piece for this team. No, I'm he's ne- not. I No, I, I never really have, but, I mean, if he can be a, a 5 this year, then you're getting a little bit of value out of him.
0: And, and, and a guy, and we were talking about Zach Rankin, he's a bit of a soft tosser at this yeah. point in his career. But I mean, he still, throws he, like 86, but but, but But he's still effective. Yeah. And you look at Alexander Wells. Mm-hmm. And Alexander Wells, in the minors, can locate. Yeah. And, and he's, a, he's a soft tosser, big looping curveball.
1: Yeah.
0: Had command issues yeah. when he got to the majors. Look, I'm not comparing him to Zach Granke. He's mm-hmm. not Zach Granke. But if he can find a way to locate and, and get the command issues that have never hampered him in the minors, yeah. and then he comes to the majors and he can't put the ball over the plate, if he can find a way to pitch with that kind of pinpoint control – he could be an effective arm for the Orioles. When we say effective arm, I don't think that there's anybody aside from John Means in this starting rotation that's going to have a sub-4 ERA. I just don't. But yeah, if, you can, if you can have four other guys who pitched about a 4 or 5. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're I'm, fine. You're I'm, fine. I'm good with that. Oh, yeah. I, you More know? than good. Than, yeah. that, that's great. Yeah. And, that's going to win and, you quite a bit of games. And you're going to get Grayson Rodriguez up here by midseason.
1: Right. So there's <laughs> another starter immediately. And then you add in him, Means, Lyles. You add in Kikuchi, a guy like that. I mean, you're sitting pretty good. Bruce Zimmerman to finish it out. Um, Keegan Aiken has no place in that. Simple as that. And, and, And Dean Kramer, probably not either.
0: Yeah, Dean Kramer was such a disappointment last year. Oh man, we love Dean Kramer, me and you. Yeah, we, we loved him. And then I, I was uh, I was watching him in the off season, touch, touching ninety six. Yeah. Then he gets to the majors and he and he just can't throw strikes.
1: One thing I, I said last year, and I remember talking to Stan about this specifically, that he throws so many fastballs, and it's just that's I honestly think that's one of the biggest issues with him is he just needs to add another pitch, maybe, or stop throwing the fastball. He's so got much. a good curveball, and his curveball is a twelve six, and it, yeah, if he can locate the curveball, it's a really good pitch, and the cutter is not bad either, but. um and he's got a changeup that's not awful either. But he throws the fastball too much, and it's kind of flat. doesn't have a lot. It had a little bit of arm side run, but not. it's it, it's, it's rough. It's, it's rough. so
0: crazy to me that this time last year we were talking about Dean Kramer and how he yeah. could be a, a future piece for this team. Yeah, And now we barely remember that he exists. Because yeah, he was so I mean, bad last year, I look at him as a better pitcher
1: still than a guy like Keegan Aiken. I look at him more; he's like kind of in between Aiken and Zimmerman, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. He's kind of like, but he's more like close to to Aiken than he is Zimmerman. Yeah. If and that and makes it, sense.
0: Look, if you give me a starting rotation that is, that in June or July, mm-hmm. I'm looking at John Means, um, Jordan Lyles, Grayson Rodriguez, Michael Ballman, and <laughs> Bruce Zimmerman. I'm good with that. Did you mention Bowman before? I'm going to miss that. Yeah, he was the Ball- first. He was the first one I mentioned. Oh, okay, you and said I, a lot of names. right and, and and I, and I, I said that I, a lot of people, and I might be part of them, think that he is destined for back in the bullpen. Spot, But right now, you can't ignore his numbers in the minor leagues. So I
1: heard uh, last year that there were some people in the Orioles organization who liked Ballman almost as much as they liked a the guy like D.L. Hall. There were some people that are really high on Ballman. Yeah. Now, I don't know if that's changed after last... That, that was before last season, in the last minor league season. Uh, but I know there were some people who were very high on him within the Orioles. So... I mean, Ballman's going to get a chance. I have no doubt about that. And obviously, it's more up to Brandon Hyde than it is the front office guys. But I'd be very surprised if Ballman doesn't make, like, 15 starts this year, 16 starts.
0: I'm looking at him to to, to crack the opening day. If they don't sign anybody else, they've got to yeah, fill out that he, rotation. He,
1: he's got he's to be in. I'm
0: looking at him to crack that yeah. opening day rotation. Yeah. And again, it's all about getting out. And that's one of these storylines, is the starting pitching. And... It sounds stupid to say, well, it's a storyline. Yeah, no duh, it's a story. It's the storyline. It's a bigger storyline than Adley Rutschman. Yeah, frankly, is your starting rotation because that was the downfall of they were historically right. bad last year, like <laughs> by a wide margin. Yeah. the downfall of the Orioles over the last thirty years. Right, has been their starting rotation. Yeah, you look at the twenty fourteen Orioles. They were a good ball club. They were a great ball club. Why were they so good? Their starting rotation ERA was three sixty one. And not, I mean, not only that, they had a,
1: an unbelievable core of power bats that, uh, that right. led them there. But yeah, I, but, I agree. But
0: but they had the same bats in twenty thirteen. Yeah. They had basically the same bats with the exception of no Cruz and Marquez. Right, but, but, Cruz, they, yeah. but they got they got a full season after that out of Matt Wieters and Manny Machado yeah. and Chris Davis bounced back from his terrible twenty fourteen. to hit forty seven <laughs> home runs. Yeah. The offense was there, and scope scope came. Had a big year. He hit like two ninety. Yeah, year. scope. Yep. Uh, or two seventy nine or something like that. But often gets forgotten. Yeah, and, and the offense was fine in twenty fifteen. The yep. pitching was terrible. Right. And, and that's the thing. The the Orioles for the majority of my life. Right. Their best teams have been. You look at the ninety seven Orioles. They were so good because their team ERA was three and a half. Hence, why the Orioles moved back the wall.
1: Yeah. It's as simple as that, really. Yeah. It, it, the they, wall. They the the wall again. Um but it, it really is. It ties into all of this that the Orioles move back the wall because they, they haven't had a lot of success in the past, you know, twenty, thirty years pitching wise. They just haven't. And it's it, you know, you look at the the glory days of the Orioles in the sixties and the seventies when they had guys winning twenty games and you know the Jim Palmers of the world and the Quayars and whatever. But at this point now, they haven't really been able to develop a lot of guys, and there isn't a lot of talent in the system at the moment outside of the guys like Grayson Rodriguez. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, they're going to have to add, and especially for this season, they need they need guys just to throw innings. Because yeah, last it, it, because year, we saw them making waiver claims, and, I mean, they were just guy. it was it hard. Was Spencer was some, Watkins should Spencer never Watkins, be a yeah. big
0: story for your ball club.
1: He's still on the team. I saw uh, yeah. uh, Eric Garfield post some video of him yesterday. Yeah, he got,
0: he got a line drive hit off his glove. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Um... Uh, I think it was by Robert Newstrom no Robert Newstrom had a, had a nice base hit up the middle it was somebody else it, it, oh it was Creed Willems okay the number the eighth round pick that the Orioles yeah. got to forego college he hit a bit yeah he hit a line drive right back up the box he ended up being thrown out at first by Spencer Watkins yeah. but it hit him in the glove he, he, he's not the fastest guy no nah, he's not fleet of foot Mm-mm. Um, no but the Orioles need some guys to step up they need to go out and get some starting pitching it's going to be the, the biggest storyline of spring training um and we talk about how you can't tax the arms of your bullpen because your bullpen will fall apart. You have to look at the long haul too. How many years in a row can you have your bullpen pitching more innings than in your starting rotation, and basically throwing out these guys' arms? Right. You've got to do something about that now, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And and that's why I th- that's why they went out and got Jordan Wiles. Yeah. I and mean, that's why they might go get another starting pitcher. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to see some of these young pitchers like a Michael Ballman sure. uh, step up and see what they can do in 2022. Now, some other storylines. There's no Rule 5 draft pick this year, um, which means Nick Vespi and Robert Newstrom have an opportunity to go out and prove something. And Zach, you believe that Robert Newstrom could probably be on the big league roster now. You love this guy.
1: I oh yeah, I wouldn't say I, I I like him a lot. I don't love him to the same degree of like Adley Rushman or something like that. But he he is a really I think he's a really good power bat. Um it's gonna be a lot of swing and miss. He's gonna strike out a lot. He's he's like a budget Stowers. He's not quite to the level of Stowers, but he's gonna play a, a pretty decent outfield for you. He's gonna hit a little bit, strike out a lot. I, but look, I think Robert Newstrom should be the starting right fielder on opening day. I really well, think he should. Not that he will, but he should.
0: Well, and he has an opportunity. He has an yeah. opportunity to earn his way.
1: Under that Orioles How, man Does roster. he really make it past Santander though? I don't know. I don't know. Well,
0: Santander's got to prove that he, that he can stay healthy. Not a Santander guy, and, anymore, he, and Santander could be traded. He
1: easily could be traded. We yeah, can see yeah. that in the next, you know, Weaker couple so. days. Yeah, I mean, yeah, right? Yeah. It's 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 definitely a possibility. And if they if they get an offer, I would I believe Michael Elias would pull the trigger there because there are simply better prospects in this organization than a guy like Santander is at this point.
0: Yeah, and now look at a guy like Kyle Stowers. He was your co-minor league player of the year last year yeah. with Adley Rutschman. Hit 27 homers, mm-hmm. led the Orioles' farm system in home runs, RBIs. Yeah. Uh, he was up there in OPS. He hit about 279. His own base percentage was phenomenal. Yeah. He had a great season. Nobody talks about him. Right. Well,
1: because great- he did strike out a lot, and I guess that's probably the reason for that. But...
0: but- it's, Everybody it's, strikes out a lot these days.
1: And that's fine. Like I, I know for a fact that MLB teams are very fine with strikeouts. They
0: don't really care. Yeah, and he's not even a top-ten prospect, which your co-minor league player of the year isn't a top-ten prospect in this system. Yeah, it's kind of odd. Yeah, odd.
1: Because that's how good their system Well, I bet you the Orioles view him as a top-ten prospect.
0: Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Uh, but he we saw in the, one of Eric's videos yesterday, he took Grayson Rodriguez deep to right field. He did. Yeah, yesterday. The, <laughs> is, <laughs> you love to uh, see it. You, like, we're not worried about Grayson Rodriguez. No. So we, if he gives up a home run to Kyle Stowers, I'm more excited that Kyle yeah. Stowers hit a home run than I'm upset that Grayson Rodriguez gave one up. Because yeah. pitchers give up home runs. I really, really am, am excited to see what he's going to do in spring training. I yeah. think he's going to get a lot of time. Sure. Yeah. And uh, maybe... It, it, it's so weird, man. And, and let's talk about this a little bit. And sure. I know we're running long today, but who cares? Who we're cares? Um, I got nowhere to be. It's, yeah, it's right? snowing outside. It's not snowing anymore. Oh, not anymore. There's, okay. there's no precipitaciones going on out there. But, <laughs> That's um, a big word. It's not a real word. <laughs> I, I, I acting like it's Spanish for um, for precipitation. I, <laughs> don't no, I I got it. I got it. Um, got the context. But uh, yeah, spring training is four weeks. Yeah. So how much of the, of these games that start on the 18th are going to feature minor league guys, and how much are they going to feature Orioles' regulars? Now, look, they, they <coughs> on March 18th, Trey Mancini's not going to play six innings. Yeah. He'll probably he'll probably get two at-bats. He'll probably get right? two at-bats.
1: I would think you'll see a good amount of regulars, and very quickly, uh, mm-hmm. because they need to build up.
0: I think, undoubtedly, you're going to see a lot of Adley Rutschman. Oh, yeah. Undoubtedly. Oh. oh, my God, yeah. But I'm, I'm interested to see how much of Kyle Stowers you're going to see, how much of Robert Newstrom.
1: Um, probably more newstrom stowers but both but a lot a lot of both for sure
0: yeah I, i'm interested to see if colton Callister finds his way over to the to the park and, get, oh, yeah. and, and gets oh, it, and gets in a game and see how he does against against that kind of pitching um, i would say undoubtedly yeah, yeah. It, it, this is I, I love spring training because you get to see all these younger players and you get it, it's your first taste of baseball before you mm-hmm. get ready for the real thing um but yeah man i'm just i'm just I want to see Kyle Stowers. I'm excited about him. I think he could be patrolling right field more often than not when this season is all said and done. So we're going to see how how that goes. Heston Kerstad, we have to mention uh, quickly, he pulled his hamstring. Adley Rutschman hit an inside-the-park home run yesterday, and it was when Kerstad went for a diving play in left field and he pulled his hamstring. We don't know how serious Uh, the pull is, but it's not good for a guy who— And and look— Myocarditis is a really serious yes. thing, and we're not, we're not blaming him or, or coming down on him for, for suffering that. No. But the pulled hamstring, you know that he's going full bore and probably went a little harder than he should so early on. Maybe. Um, so we have to see. Hopefully it's something mild. But any any setback for heston Kerstad you don't want to see it after he's basically missed two years
1: I'm no doctor but I think we will be all right I, yeah. I I feel like a pulled hamstring is not that big of a deal but yeah. maybe I'm, it I might pu- keep him I out for a, a, might keep him out for a week and a half I have
0: pulled know. a hammy or, or or two in my day uh, yeah
1: you, I, you come back right I mean I feel like it's more about it not developing into something bigger yeah like it, if, he, if he runs on it too early and then he could you know tear something getting be, getting
0: the conditioning down easing your way into things um yeah I, I we're not we're not doctors my dad is. I'm not get him on the show. Let's I'm, bring him on. I'm, right I'm now. not going to pretend. Call him in. <laughs> yeah, um, he is going to sit in on GCR on opening day because he's, oh, really? he's going to opening uh, day with yeah. yeah. So that'll okay. be cool. But um, but yeah, I'm not putting a lot of uh, too much into it. It's still early on. Maybe they keep they they rest him for a couple of weeks. And he, either way, he's not in the Orioles' plans this year. So yeah. he's going to be at, at high A or at probably at the best Double A at a point. But right. we we do have to mention on the show that he did pull his hamstring and real quick uh, with the ramping up of spring training and getting it in in just four weeks. Extra roster spots for the first month. Do you think they're going to do that?
1: I think they should. But I think I, they will. I, I, I believe I saw yesterday that they weren't going to. I thought I saw that at least. Or maybe that was speculation.
0: I, I think you're going to get two weeks in. And I think, like, you know, I we think we 28
1: people would make a lot of sense. I think, yeah. you, especially for pitchers. Just for a month. It, just, just for a month. Right. It's going to be so difficult for pitchers to ramp up so quickly. I, I think that's one of the things. Like, it's, Sure, they've been working out all, all season, but it's not to the same degree that they would have been. I think that's the, the big change.
0: All right, well, we got to get a we got to get our final break of the show. Have I done all my reads? I have. Uh, I've got one more over here. Zach, send this send this to break with your um, with your Glenn Clark I radio read, it. and then when we come back, go ahead.
1: PressBox's Glenn Clark Radio is the definitive place to find the best daily discussion of Baltimore sports. Watch the show every weekday from 10 to noon at youtube.com slash pressboxonline or facebook.com slash pressboxsports or listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio with podcasts available on iTunes, Spotify, or at- Anywhere you get your podcasts. You never know who might pop up on GCR. This week, the guys caught up with new Orioles full-time TV broadcaster Kevin Brown, NFL giraffe prospect and former Terp Chance Campbell, and former Oriole Mike Bordick. Find those interviews and more in the Glenn Clark and Radio Weekend Review feature right now at PressBoxOnline.com.
0: All right, when we come back in on the batter round we're going to close things out with a little bit of trivia and our final thoughts on the Orioles, the CBA, and spring training. That and more next on the Batter round
8: The newest edition of PressBox is available now. On the cover, we celebrate the 20th anniversary of Maryland Men's Basketball's 2002 NCAA Tournament Championship, as Gary Williams reflects on how the program rose from the ashes of NCAA sanctions to the pinnacle of the sport, and why his perspective of the title run has changed now, two decades later. Plus, Juan Dixon, Lonnie Baxter, and the rest of the team relive the moments that ultimately led them to cutting down the nets in Atlanta. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com.
7: The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out.
4: Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having
2: us, man. Appreciate
7: it. The great Kurt Angle. Thanks for having me on the show. I
4: appreciate it.
2: And Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks,
4: man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Oh, thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons.
2: Damn. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure.
4: Charlotte.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
4: Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling
7: show I've ever heard.
4: MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. You a champion. Chris Jericho. the Champion.
7: AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at pressboxonline.com radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud.
6: The Toyota
4: Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today.
1: Paul loves his Glenn Clark radio. Former Glenn Clark radio
0: music. Two weeks without it It was one of the most disappointing things. But the wow. the disappointing thing when I when I joined Glenn Clark radio, I was like, I get to hear this music every day, and he was like, nope, we got new music. <laughs> I was like, yeah,
1: all right, I like the new music too, but you know, it's, I mean, I've heard the new music. I don't think it matches up to this. Yeah, it's this it's, is, it's this good. Is a, this is a jam. I got I got some more news for us. Um, I missed this before, but Jorge Soler is getting some interest uh, from the Astros, the Dodgers, the Marlins, the Rangers, and the Red Sox. So just throwing that out there. He's gonna moment. end up with the Red Sox. I could really see that. He's he, gonna
0: end up with the Red Sox, hitting bombs over that over that over hitting one ninety
1: eight. He's like a Rugneto door in the outfield, but he's way better than Ruggedo door. Jorge Soler
0: led the, led the majors in home runs a few years back. Yeah, he had forty eight yeah. home runs. I think yeah. that that player is still in there. And I think he's probably gonna be playing
1: with a lot of confidence. He just strikes out so much.
0: Everybody, dude. Everybody uh, strikes out I know, so much. But I, I, I everybody I strikes I out.
1: It. I get it, but it, I nobody mean, cares
0: anymore. Everybody strikes out. Yeah. it's a thing. I, I don't. I don't. I don't dislike it. I'm just saying. No, that I dislike it wholeheartedly. He, but like you always say, he hits two. I mean, he just strikes out so much. Everybody. Mike he, Trout he, strikes out a shit ton. I mean, he was in. Pardon he, me. He, a, 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 a lot.
1: He was a negative 0.3 WAR player last year, and I'm saying that that could have contributed to it. Yeah,
0: so. but then, but that was. Before he got to Atlanta, and that was before he became a uh, World Series MVP.
1: Yeah, he, he was he was very good in Atlanta with KC. He was horrible. He hit 192 with KC, but then when then he went to Atlanta, to, to, uh, 269, 882 OPS. So yeah, yeah he, he definitely improved and, himself.
0: And I think that he is playing with a lot of confidence right yeah, now he might be. after what yeah. he did in the postseason. I think he knows that, that player is still in there that led the majors in home runs. I'm looking at him as he'll probably go to Boston. He'll hit Probably. seventh for them, and he'll hit thirty-two home runs. Yeah, I can you know, see it over that. that over that big green monster out there. I can there. see it. Uh, some three hundred and one-foot home runs. <laughs> yeah, but um, but yeah. So hey, I got some uh, I got some trivia for you. Let's do it. I'm today, ready to the young Zach man. I'm ready. Um, if I can, do maybe this. I'm not ready. I don't know. Nah, I I think you're ready. We you, do an I, Ori- I, Orioles or no, MLB today. Major League Baseball. Today. Okay. Okay. Ten pitchers in okay. Major League Baseball history okay. have won three or more Cy Young awards. Okay. Who are they? Ten.
1: Three uh three or more. Yes. Uh, Alright, I'm gonna start with Verlander. No, he's won two. Oh, okay. Um give me Koufax. Sandy Koufax, three. Okay. Uh Nolan Ryan? No. He's never won one. Really? That's surprising. Pedro Martinez. He's gotta be on there.
0: Pedro Martinez has won three.
1: Okay, so I'm I'm two out of ten. Two. Okay. That's correct. Uh Walter Johnson? No. Uh okay. I'm guessing Cy Young didn't win his own award. No, and Walter Sci- Johnson, and Cy Young pitched around the same. I was gonna say it might have been a little too early for him. Yeah, yeah I I would think so. Um, You're missing some obvious Maddox, ones.
0: Greg Maddox. He is third on the list. He won four.
1: Okay. Um, Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer. He is fourth with three. Okay. So I'm what? I, I got four or five now. I don't know. Somewhere you right. have you've gotten four. Okay, Randy Johnson.
0: Randy Johnson, second with five.
1: Okay. Wow, it's going, going pretty well. Uh, Kershaw,
0: Clayton Kershaw. He is. He has three.
1: Okay. So what is that like? Six out of ten. Seven yep, out of ten. You got
0: four names left. Oof. One of them should have been your first guess.
1: Really? Oh, Clemens. Roger Clemens. Yeah, seven okay. most okay. all time. Yeah. Um, I know Lincecum won one. He didn't won he? two. Two. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Lincecum was a bad guess. Uh Bob Gibson. No. Are the uh, are the last three a little bit more difficult? or
0: um, They're names that you know. I'm going to throw a wild get. Phil Necro? No. They're names that you know. Okay. They pitched right around the same era. So we're talking
1: like 70s maybe, I feel like. Around there. Um, I don't think Palmer won three, did he? Jim Palmer won three. Did he? He won three. Okay. Then Jim Palmer. Uh, So I guess we're talking 70s, 80s, 60s. 60s, 70s, 80s. Yeah. Okay. okay. The heyday um, of baseball. So we got two left here. I don't think there were any other Orioles that did it. I would be surprised. Yeah. Um, oof.
0: It's not unusual.
1: I that doesn't give me a hint. Sorry. Dance. Oh, that's the yeah, the Carl. Oh, Steve Carlton. Steve Carlton. Yeah. Won, he All won right. Four. <laughs> okay. Okay.
0: Um, last one. That is the last hint I'm giving you. That was way too easy. That to w- that
1: was way too easy. Um. That honestly, Steve Carlton would have been a tough guess if yeah. I if uh, that's I. That's why. That's why I gave you a hint. That, that was, the was one I was like, he's never gonna get. Last one. Um,
0: He died last year. He died. La- oh, Tom Seaver. Tom Seaver. Okay. Why did I give you another hint? Yeah, that was. Uh, you made that easy for me. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate Tom, that. Tom Seaver. Oh, he that had, was a good one. My dad trivia.
1: just texted me Tom Seaver right before yeah. he said that. Um, that was a good one though. A really good one. Yeah. I like that trivia. That was yeah, fun. Set,
0: step your game up with the trivia. I might. Well, I may need uh, might need what, to. Might need to. What What are the dimensions of Target Ballpark <laughs> in Minnesota? <laughs> Wrong. Three hundred and seventy-eight feet. Yeah, I mean that would Stupid. look.
1: That would be a fun trivia question if I did it. Camden Yards. What are the new wall dimensions? That's the next trivia question.
0: Three thirty-three directly down the line. There you go. Three. You know. Three eighty to that far to that one corner. Mm-hmm. Four hundred to the 90, 90 degree yep. angle, and then it jets back into about three sixty-four. Yeah. And then goes to four ten in center.
1: You win, sir. You win. That was a good trivia question, though. Enjoyed that one. Yeah.
0: I, I made it, it too fun. easy for you down the stretch. Yeah,
1: maybe a little bit. Uh, honestly, Steve, I, I would not have gotten Carlton. I, I knew you before wouldn't have gotten that. Steve like Carlton
0: because Steve Carlton, even though he's a Hall of Famer, he's not a main name that pops no, in people's he, minds. He's
1: not a main name you think of. But, yeah, um, yeah.
0: Tom, Tom Seaver, I, sh- I shouldn't have given you the hint. Yeah, I I was gonna get there eventually. Especially if your dad texted you, what a good dad! I didn't read it. I didn't read it. See, you like unless I
1: like uh, scan my face here, like it doesn't open the notification, so I didn't see it. But you have um, to scan your
0: face into your phone. I don't even have I don't even have a lock on my phone. Oh really? I had to have when I when I I worked at the radio station, I had to have a a lock on my phone, Mm -hmm. and I hated it. And then as soon as I stopped working there, I was like, ah, no more lock on my phone.
1: What if someone steals your phone? They're just getting into everything. Like they get your credit card, social security number. They're just getting everything.
0: Bro, nobody. Still on my phone? Why not? It's attached to my head. Okay. It's, I, right. I don't have like a clip, but like m- my phone is always. I, I, look, I hope you're right. On my person. All right. I've 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 been doing yes, this. You get a little
1: folding phone over there. Yeah. This is a, like a little, a little some high tech stuff over here. Wah! Yeah, that's that's cool. I mean, I, I see you unfold it like 15 times per show. It's pretty. It's pretty insane how like the screen just folds up. It's crazy. Yeah. It's cool it's, stuff. It's cool, it's stuff.
0: cool phone. The Galaxy Galaxy Z Flip. Three. Yeah. Nice. Um. So yeah. Final thoughts, man. We got um, a lot going on this week. Kershaw to the Dodgers. You got Rodon to the Giants. You yeah, we didn't even
1: talk about that that much. He seems all right. Yeah. Rodon's all right. Where did Nothing the, special. Who, I think they overpaid him a little
0: bit. The Giants magically won 107 games last year. Yeah. Where do you put them? Yeah. I, I look at their offense, right? Yeah. And who's in their lineup?
1: It's not that good. Yeah, it's certainly not. I mean, Jastrzemski took a huge step back last he year. He took a huge step um, back.
0: Uh, Lamont Wade, uh, I, I don't think right. he, uh, he had a nice season. But we, yeah. in Baltimore, Terp, we, I believe, we, right? Be, yeah, be, yeah. Because he's from from here, because he played for the Terps, yeah. we act like he had a bigger year than he had last yeah. year. He had like 250 with 18 home runs. It's a nice That's, year. Yeah, it's all right. But, I mean, Trey Mancini was better than that. We thought Trey Mancini had a down year. Right. Right? Um, so I, I, I look at... The Giants and the pitching look. They, they saw Alex Cobb was an under the radar signing for them. Yep, so they got Alex Cobb, they have Alex Wood, they have Logan Webb, now they yeah. have Carlos Rodon. Uh, their rotation's solid, yeah. It's, it's all right. The Dodgers are gonna wipe Better the war right. with them this year. I, I'm yeah, I, I, I would I, agree with you. I I, I, like, I don't I think just, they have the bats, Buster I suppose he's going too. yeah. I just really felt like last year was such an anomaly for them because they weren't expected to, w- to be a 500 team. Right. And then they had the most wins in the major leagues. Yeah. I think that they might be a pl- – especially now that you have 12 teams in the playoffs, I think they'll be a playoff team. But I, yeah. think, I think if the Dodgers win 106 games this year – yeah the Giants probably win 92.
1: I mean look it's a classic case of overachieving it's yeah. really what it is they overachieved by a, a massive margin and for uh for next year you look at you know you lost Kevin Gosman your best pitcher arguably from last year uh you gained Carlos Rodon but I don't think Rodon's even in the same stratosphere as Gosman was last year and I don't expect he him was to better be. than Gosman last year was he yes he was better than
0: Gosman Gossman made more starts, but his ERA was lower. He, he I did not know that. All yeah. right, I was incorrect. You, you you have I, to remember still, that after the All Star break, Gossman's ERA was about four and a half. I still wouldn't
1: expect Rodon to be as good as he. And like, Gossman's I, I,
0: only done it one one time. Yeah, and, and so, yeah. so is Rodon. So is Rodon, though, yeah. but, but And Stan was saying... Rodon
1: uh, did throw a no-hitter last year, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: and, and Stan was saying that he was surprised he got more than one year, but he hasn't opt-out after that first
1: year. Yeah, you're right. Rodon was much better than I thought he was. But, yeah, yeah you're, you're right. So he,
0: he was a Cy Young candidate. If he made yeah. 30 starts, he would have been top two or three in Cy Young. Yeah. In the Cy yeah.
1: Young voting. He was number five, so still up yeah, there.
0: Yeah, he had, he had a really, really... After that no-hitter, he took off, man. He, he was just yeah. feeling himself. Yeah. It, it's amazing what confidence can do for you in the game of baseball. Sure. In, in all
1: sports. Um, he's a first-round pick. Former, I mean, yeah, he's a, he's a pretty he's, important. He,
0: he's guy. taken that step to be that player that they expect him yeah. to be. Um, look, their rotation is going to be good. Rotation is going to sure, keep them in games. Webb is so good. I am shocked. I mean, they have they have they have Brandon Crawford. They have Lamont Webb. I mean, Lamont Webb, Lamont Wade. They have uh, Yastrzemski. Right. And then who else do they have?
1: Is Longoria still there? I was just going to check on that. I don't believe he... I think he's a free agent. I could be wrong. Chris Bryant's gone as well. Yeah. Um, They could still sign Chris
0: Bryant. Right. um, But I doubt that they do. They don't have a lot of firepower in that lineup. Right. Uh, So, I mean,
1: Brandon Crawford, obviously, is a pretty good player. and He had a really good year last year. Um, But you look at... I mean, Brandon Belt, a little past his prime, but he did have a nine... I mean, he only played 97 games. He was injured for a little bit of last year. But he had a nine... 75 OPS, so I guess Brendan a pretty decent piece for them. Uh, but the outfield is is pretty, and I mean it's it's all right. I mean, you've got Strebski, Steven Duggar, and Alex Dickerson, three all right players, not not incredible, nothing great there. Um, I, yeah, I I don't really see this lineup competing with the Dodgers or the Padres. I yeah. think it's gonna be
0: tough. And, and honestly, with Bob Melvin in San Diego now, yeah. look, I, mean, I, I think the Padres, the the Dodgers pitching, puts them. Um, Ahead of the of the Padres, yeah. But I think the race this year in the West, and, and I and I picked the Padres to go to the World Series last year, yeah. But I think the race in the West this year is Dodgers Padres.
1: Imagine if Nelson Cruz becomes a Padre today too. Yeah, that and, would be. And they, they
0: they get him to, to DH for them, right? Uh, look, man, uh, that team is the fact that they were What were they? Seventy eight and eighty four last year, something like that. Yeah, yeah. They, they the fact uh, that they huge fit, underachievement. The, 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 it, they have a legitimate manager a manager who took oakland teams that had no business winning 95 to 100 games and right. took them to the playoffs every freaking year right and, and, and never had the talent that he has in, in san diego now i i think bob Mel- melvin is a difference maker on that I agree. team and i think i think the padres are going to be one of the best teams in baseball this year
1: i, I firmly believe i think 90 games is is pretty uh, a pretty good uh Prediction. No, I, I, I think they win ninety
0: five plus. Yeah, they might. I, I, I think, mean, uh, I, as, a, as a floor ninety, then. I, as, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think they win ninety five plus this year, uh, and they Definitely still possible. they still have Darvish in that rotation. Clevenger's yeah. back.
1: And they're not done. I mean, they're going to sign guys these yeah. next few days.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The, the The Padres are a team to watch this year. I'm, they are. I'm telling you that right now, man. I can't. Uh, this is getting me amped up because every year I, we do our season preview. Yep. And I'm. That we're going to be. That's in three weeks. Yep. That show is in three weeks. I am so excited to do that show. Give our give our takes. Yep. Um. You'll do a preview. I'll do a preview, and it, it'll be a really good show. A lot of fun. Today was a really good show. And a was lot of a fun, fun show. I can't wait to check uh, on all these signings and whatnot, and see right. how U and B C is doing. Uh, yeah, sure.
1: I've been, been kind of checking for signings. Nothing really going on at the moment. Uh, but you know, I'm sure they'll filter in throughout the day um doesn't help being blocked by john Heyman. can't see what he tweets but God,
0: how did you get yourself blocked by john hayman long
1: story bad story don't want to tell it yeah um yeah he, he, he was doing a little orioles uh bashing orioles bashing
0: are you blocked by buster Olney too i'm
1: not blocked by buster Olney. no yeah well i stopped a few years ago and i tried to make my account a little more professional try yeah. to become a little more uh <laughs> a little more professional and, and oh stopped, uh, that's, why, interacting that's why you changed guys.
0: your name from orioles fan yeah, 36 yeah. 70, <laughs> uh, or whatever the <laughs> not, hell you were. Not,
1: not quite what it was, but yeah. No, sorry. Right. Once Look, once I, uh, I, I, I want to like, get into baseball, obviously, a little bit. And, and you have a job in baseball and, right and now. I, I do have a job in baseball right now, so I don't really want to tweet too many things that can be controversial. So, right. John dude, Heyman, dude, I'm I've, sorry. I've,
0: I've I've been there. Yeah. Um, sorry, I, I, John I, Heyman. Not not that I've been there tweeting things that are controversial, but I always try to m- watch what I say in case... Yeah. Well, I've never really said anything like bad. Like, right.
1: I, I never have said that. I, I've, I've always been careful.
0: Yes, uh, on Thursday... I put up a post and it was um, Shaquille O'Neal doing a little. Oh, I band. saw that. Yeah, I yeah, a <laughs> bottle, and I was like, me when um, I saw it. Me when free, when free agency starts yeah. or whatever, <laughs> and I put it up and like nobody liked it or anything like that. I should have liked it for and, you. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, should I have done that? I was like, eh, who cares? You know, who 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 cares? Oh well, uh, all these guys at Barstool Sports. Oh, oh right. they're very yeah they, yeah. they 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 have their jobs because they do stuff like that. Yep. You know what I mean. So who cares? Whatever. Sure. Whatever. Yeah. We don't kink shame. You're all right. So guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Oh, totally forgot. totally forgot lost in the shuffle we can bet on sports in maryland now but we still can't bet online or on our phones however you can feel like you're betting totally legally and right on your phone by playing underdog fantasy football player props parlays and traditional fantasy games are all available and even though football season ended underdog has great basketball and hockey games available and we now know baseball contests will be just around the corner plus plus zach man We're going to give you some free money to play with thanks to our friends at Underdog Fantasy Football. Go to underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog Fantasy app. Use the code PRESSBOX. And whatever you download, up to $100, we will match. That's right up to $100 when you use the code PRESSBOX with Underdog Fantasy Football. So get to betting. Uh awesome show great show a lot, L- of L- lot of fun a lot of fun so good
1: through here with that with my basic, like my entire face is filled up with uh gross everything right with, now with i'm sorry guys thanks Hopefully for, you can't thanks hear it, for tuning in. my
0: we're so happy to be talking to you about daily baseball coverage now it's the happiest day for us of the year to this point yeah i'm telling you you were like it's like christmas morning for you over here i can tell it in your, like yeah. you, you are you were amped up right? i'm i'm so fired up I man know. I know. like laura my my wife says to me this morning I was like you don't like baseball anymore. She's like I do. She's like I well, saw I saw a tweet yesterday like I hate baseball or something. <laughs> she, she's just like I do, but the Orioles are bad, and Major League Baseball doesn't care about the fans and they've done so much to hurt the game. She's, she's like I'm just not wrong. She's like I just can't get into it right now. She's like I still watch the games and go to the games and like to and like doing that mm-hmm. stuff. She's like but I'm just not going to get excited about it right now. She's like I don't understand how you can. I'm like this is like like it's like <laughs> it's like it's ingrained it's like in you. My wife Baseball it, it, it's, Wow that's kind of close it, Yeah She's above <laughs> Okay She's above guys okay. <laughs> She's above But like like Baseball is my first love Yeah It was my yeah. f- is my first love Laura is now my only love But baseball is like- Oh you don't love baseball anymore No, no I, I do <laughs> I, I, I do love baseball But the love that I have for Laura Is a different What about your cats man reason. Oh I love the cats Yeah I know Lena Although she's a butthole in the morning man She, <laughs> she got under the bed Back by the headboard Wow Wow and was meowing like she was stuck. But she wasn't stuck. She was just like, it's 8 a.m., you guys need to get up and pay attention to me. Yeah. And actually, it was 7.15. She was trying to wake you up for the batter. Run. You should be thanking her. La- Laura's usually gone by then, and I'm usually up and getting ready to go to the gym. So the fact that we were both still in bed, she was like not having it. Yeah,
1: Does Laura watch the shows while she's at work? Or is she able to?
0: She rarely tunes in anymore. Okay. She will tune in every now and again, but you know.
1: It's gotta be tough when you're doing that kind of job. And, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But uh but look, I have my tickets for opening day. I got a thirteen game plan. I'm uh, jealous of you. I'm I'm super excited for this season, super excited for Adley Rutschman, super excited to be back doing a show that has substance. You yeah, know what I mean? They, yes, yes, Gu- yes, guys. Yes. I don't think you understand h- how difficult it was to put together a <laughs> weekly show. Yeah. During a lockout, I mean, there was nothing to talk about.
1: Like there was legitimately, we were rehashing because we everything, had to. We had everything,
0: to. and to have a different guest, yeah, to have to talk to Stan every, and we love talking to Stan, but to talk to Stan about the same things over and, over. and you could hear it in his voice; right. he was getting he gets tired, tired of it. Sure, you know, uh, to be back, to be back to yeah. baseball and daily yeah. things, and now we're gonna have games to talk about next week. Take, take the ne- rake next coming Saturday. Up. T- take the rake in, in, in about a month. Yep, I'm, I am fi- three weeks. It take the, the first take to rake is, is. I mean, opening
1: day was a was at or at Camden Yards a month from yesterday. So yeah, uh,
0: three weeks is our first take to rake yep. because it's gonna be the Saturday before the season starts. Yep. So super happy to be back. Super happy you guys are tuning in. Uh, we will te- talk to you all next week here on the batter round. See ya.